This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, and James Montefusco. James, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Good to be back. All right. Now, no Chris tonight. He's on his way, the road to Massachusetts. He is uh, on the road. And we have a blockbuster show for you here tonight, folks, on Facebook Live. You can watch us on Facebook. You can listen to us on mywcwp.org or wcwpsports.org. Call in with your questions, thoughts, comments, if you wish, 516-299-2030. Take part in our live show. Catch us every Friday night, 7 to 9 p.m. All right, so we do have news. And before I bust anyone's balls here, I was right. The Dodgers won the NLCS in seven. I don't know if anybody else uh, picked that. Mike, you did. Of course I did. I'm mean, not surprised here. Thank well, you. Know, you really want to get your two NFL picks right last week. So. <laughs> I, I lost them? You got them right last week. Oh, okay. Week. Yeah, only, I was going to so. say. Okay. <laughs> got confused already. A minute in. I'm not surprised. Neither am I. I'm very tired. Yeah, not not a uh, fun fact to start your show. <laughs> um, but what was pretty fun for the Dodgers was they get back to the World Series after losing last year to Houston. They beat Milwaukee in seven games. Now, we had our show live here in the studio as Game 6 started last Friday night, and a lot of people were saying, oh, the Dodgers are going to win. But I had a feeling Milwaukee would win. Milwaukee was home, right, Kyle, in Game 6? Yeah, they were home in Game 6. And Ryu had another bad start, a bad start that forced the Dodgers to go back home to L.A. and try to pull it out in Game 7. Um, Milwaukee won that game 7-2, to two, but the Dodgers come back in Game 7. Dominant performance by them. They advanced to the World Series, um, and before we... Um, we move along any further, I have a uh, fun fact for you guys that the 2018 NLCS MVP, as you all know, was Cody Bellinger. And Cody Bellinger obviously um, was hitting just 128 in this year's playoffs with a lifetime playoff batting average of 160. That's not Cody Bellinger numbers at all, um, as you all know. Now, there has never been a Major League Baseball season that a Bellinger has played and a Bellinger has not been in the World Series. So, Cody Bellinger's father, Clay, played four seasons in the major leagues. He made the World Series each year. Cody Bellinger, in his second season at the major league level, made the World Series last year and this year. Therefore, the Bellingers are six for six. That, that's fun. That's yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a good fact. I like right that one, Mike. Right? What teams did he play for, his father? I want to say, oh, you know, I had it live before the show. We when was it? How long ago? 80s? Technology in front of us here. Um, Clay, I know he played for the Yankees. Uh, I know he's still fairly young. I don't think he's quite 50 yet. Oh, so it might have been that late 90s then, maybe. No, no, I don't want to say. Okay, so... He played for the Angels and the Yankees. Uh, he has actually he's actually from Oneonta, New York. Mm. Um, you know, about three to four hours up north. And I'm trying to get the stat up here. I'm not. Uh, I'm having a little trouble with it. 
I, I'd assume he made the World Series with the Yankees. Um, yeah, during that 90s period? Yeah, Cause if you yeah the no, because he, uh, he, yeah. he, he played, yeah, so he played for the Angels in 02, the year yeah. they made it to the World Series. Then he was with the Yankees in 1999, 2000, and 2001. And his dad, Clay, um, actually, you know, he played in the majors in his early 30s. That's when he started in the majors. So a late start for him, but a very short-lived and successful Major League Baseball career. All right, so moving on. Actually, you know, it was funny. Last year there was a co-MVP for the NLCS. I don't know if you guys remember. It was uh, Justin Turner and it was Chris Taylor. Wow, I do not remember that. I don't remember Chris Taylor. So that is, uh, yeah, Hmm. very interesting. Uh, I found that interesting at least. I thought... um, you know, there's always some fun stuff about it. So Dawes and myself get it right. Kyle, you had Milwaukee in seven. Yeah. Chris had uh, Milwaukee in six. Mike, what a what, what a guy. You know, talk about uh, what happened before we went live. Uh, Chris actually left you a note on your desk. Yeah, he left a very nice note saying how great of a person I am <laughs> and about what good things I'm doing in the world. So I was like, thanks. So you know what? Thank you, Chris, who I know you're probably not listening because you're driving. So thanks. You never know. True. We could invite him to our Facebook Live video, and we can find out ourselves. So, um, yeah, so Big Red and Chris Taylor, obviously two big guys for the Dodgers in addition. The Dodgers in Boston never met in the World Series up until now. So, uh, you know, that's something to take into consideration. Um, now, another thing, too, we got to bring up is David Price. The ALCS ended David Price got his first career postseason win. The Price is right. That's what we called that game. Um, Now, that translated into the World Series. Uh, Boston is already up 2-0 in the World Series. They won game one on Tuesday, 8-4. It was the matchup of the dominant southpaws in baseball. I think the two best left-handed pitchers in baseball. That's why these two teams are in the World Series. Obviously, both these guys had stints on the disabled list this year, but when you're talking about Chris Sale and Clayton Kershaw, there's no better lefties in the game, potentially no better pitchers besides maybe Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer right now, you know? So, uh, and Sale got the better of the two. Both pitchers only went four innings. Now, as you know, there's a short leash in the World Series, guys, Uh, and the leash for both these pitchers were short because you're also going through dominant lineups. Uh, Chris Sale went four innings, three runs, five hits, seven strikeouts. And Clayton Kershaw also going four innings. Kershaw was not as lucky. Five runs in four innings to go with seven hits. And, you know, it basically started, you had um, in game one, it was really Ben Attendee that was, and J.D. Martinez, the two guys that were the primary source of offense. Ben Attendee went four for five, scored three runs, and then J.D., has been a monster, drove in three of those eight runs. So when you have guys like that, young guys, you know, like J.D. is in the prime of his career. Ben is a young guy. Well, Eduardo Nunez, too, really putting Nunez the nail in the coffin, pinch yeah. hitting. I forgot what inning he came in, but three RBIs off home run. So that really put the nail in the coffin there for the Dodgers. But, you know, when we go back to Kershaw, we, we talked about it last week on how before the World Series started, is, uh, is Clayton Kershaw – a fantastic playoff pitcher. And, I mean, this this is the point where he keeps on coming up, where he has performances like this in clutch moments where he doesn't show up. Five, run, five runs in four innings is unacceptable. Seven hits, 
five strikeouts, okay, off 79 pitches. It's unacceptable. He needs to be a starter in this series. If he gets the, if, Even if he gets another opportunity, he probably will because of game four. But when that opportunity comes, he needs to be, perform because they could potentially go down 3-0 tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with the hot streak that Boston has hitter-wise. Hitter oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think Porcello's playing tonight. I think he's starting tonight. Is it it's yes, Porcello? It's Porcello or is, versus uh, Beeler. All right. So, with that being said, you know, Kyle, you do bring up some good good points. Nunez had a home run. Uh, I think, wasn't it a pinch hit? It was a pinch home hit. Home run? Yeah. Late in the yeah. game? Yeah. That's always huge. Um, yeah, bottom of the seven. Three RBIs. And it's just insanity. Um, you know, Boston has really carried their momentum since beating Houston. There's been no repeat World Series champion in the last 18 years. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, and then another thing we got to talk about is game, game one was highlighted by those three guys, Nunez, Benintendi, and JD. But in game one, Justin Turner continues his dominance with the bat. Uh, yeah. He went three for five, you know, uh, a Met Hopes killer because, you know, he's hmm. had so much success in L.A. Turner. Turner should still be on the Mets, but we're not going to dive into that. Um, Good call. Matt Kemp hit a solo home run, one of the best hitters for the Dodgers this season, but due to their depth in the outfield, he actually was not an everyday starter towards the end of the season. You know, when you have guys like Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson, Yasiel Puig, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Puig was, you know, part of the reason why that the Dodgers won Game seven of the NLCS, Puig had those three RBIs late, in addition to the Bellinger home run in that game. Yeah. Uh, now, game two, this is Ryu again for LA and against Price for Boston. That Those were the game two starters. And you want to talk about a lackluster performance in NLCS game six. It transpired into game two of the World Series. Ryu did not look good at all. And it's shocking to say this because towards the end of the regular season, he he was just as good as Kershaw was. Yeah. You know, his numbers were just as good. He was going deep into games. He was getting the dominant hitters out. And now he just can't do it. I don't know. I honestly don't know what um, is transpiring through his mind right now. But, you know, you're just thinking about it. And you're like, oh, he's going to pick it back up. He's going to pick it back up. He's not picking it back up right now. It's what's just the, Kyle, what's the problem? It's just, you know, when you look at this Boston uh, Boston lineup, there's just no holes hitting-wise. I mean, these they have at least seven guys I know that are hitting over 260 throughout the regular season. Mm-hmm. And you have two, they're going to finish in top two. You have Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez for finishing an MVP. Right. And there's, I mean, there's really no way to pitch around that. I mean, you see a guy, look at the value in Edward, uh, Eduardo uh, Nunez coming as a pinch hitter. He's the one who puts the nail in the coffin in, your, in game one. And then you look at... Um, it's a nail in the coffin. Nail like in the coffin. Like solidifies that. the game, you know? I mean, at that point in the game, it was only 5-4. to four. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, 5-4. to four. Yeah. Still a very winnable game to come back in. And then even the Ryu game. I mean, yeah, four runs is a lot, but he only pitched four innings. I mean, that's a yeah. lackluster when it comes to the Dodgers' offense. Mm-hmm. It's not like he gave it up at the last minute. Not saying you're wrong. No. But... Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not just a defense... It's not just an offensive problem pitching-wise. It's an offensive problem... Batting wise, I mean, we talk about a guy like Cody Bellinger. I know before the show we were talking about it. The guy's batting 128 in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in 13 games, that's unacceptable. So this guy, yeah, and you basically, especially from a rookie a of the year who was so good in the NLCS. Yeah, his hitting to the World Series has not moved over. He's just not a playoff hitter. You know what happens? A lot of these young guys they have trouble 
uh, picking their feet up. You know, they're dragging along in these playoffs. They can't when once there's pressure on you, and once you got not just your not just your home. As we had a little Griffin issue on the board, Griffin told me to do that because he's trying to get me to fix this thing. So don't listen to Griffin. Okay. Uh, apologies for the technical glitch, folks. Kind of worked. Um, so getting back on track here, um, the I completely forgot what I was talking about. Cody Bellinger. He was talking about Cody Bellinger. You know the the youthfulness in this in the hitters around the league. You know they're guy they're guys who just can't keep up with the performance you know you have a top season in which this guy absolutely balled out offensively and defensively in the field and he won rookie of the year last year and you know he was a main contribution to forcing a game seven in the world series last year against the houston astros but now we see it throughout the postseason and even throughout the regular season because it's not like this guy had such a great regular season either he's just not i don't want to say doing his part but he's not performing at the level that we've seen from him before and that's what the Dodgers need in order to come back and potentially win this World Series. Mm-hmm. Now, game two, Ryu versus Price. This is where I was starting to uh, transition into here. Not a good start for Ryu, but Price all of a sudden, his next two postseason starts, he's got two wins now. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said earlier, it's about who's hot. It's not necessarily about who's the better team, who's on a hot streak. And, you know, you see that in all of sports. And right now in the World Series, it's paying off because – Game two, Price gets a second postseason win. Ian Kinsler with an RBI in that game. Mookie Betts went three for four. And you look back, and it really dates back to the 2011 draft for the players that the Red Sox picked. Uh, Barnes, Betts, and Jackie Bradley Jr., who was the ALCS MVP, a guy who had nine RBIs and was hitting around 200. Yeah, That was the lowest batting average for any ALCS MVP ever, or any MVP of any series, really, until Bellinger. It just goes to show you it's about the quality of hits and what you do in certain situations, not necessarily the quantity. And, um, Kyle, I, I don't know what your opinion on this is, but I think the 2011 draft, they drafted so well. Now, you got Mookie Betts, who is an MVP candidate. And, and then you got Ben Benintendi a couple years later, too. Yeah. And then the trade for Kinsler. Yeah. And then the acquisition of Sale in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, it's a, they, they put their pieces together. And even when you talk about the David Price contract, obviously the first couple of years in a Boston uniform, he wasn't worth half of what he got. Yeah. But now you're seeing it finally come to fruition where he's performing at this high level. I mean, even against when you had the game against the Yankees in the postseason, it's like, oh, this is David Price, right? Mm-hmm. And even when it came down to the Houston series when we were doing our predictions, I predicted that Houston was going to win the series in seven games because I knew that that would mean that David Price would have to stand on the mound twice and that, would, that could potentially be two wins alone just for Houston. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to have an offensively productive game. You just have to do well against a terrible pitcher. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's showing up in this postseason and really showing us some good stuff. Game three is tonight, 8-09 on Fox. Now, this pitching matchup, it's Rich Hill. No, that's game four. Uh, it's uh, Rick Porcello against Beeler for the Dodgers. Yep. Clear then, edge for Boston again shows you where dominant pitching can bring you. Um, let's pick this game on the road. I think the Dodgers, uh, they salvage one out. If there's any game to win for them, it's this one. But the series does not look promising right now. They have themselves in a 2-0 hole. Porcello is a great postseason pitcher. I think they're going to get ahead early. 
then the one weakness for Boston is the bridge to Ke- to Craig Kimball. Yeah. The bridge being the middle inning relievers. That's been the issue in these playoffs, and we've seen it. Um, on that note, let's pick this series and this game. I got Boston tonight, and I'm sorry, I have the Dodgers tonight, and I have Boston in five. Kyle? I got Boston in four. They're going to wind up sweeping the series. The, as sad as it is to say, and as it sickens me as a Yankees fan, you know, they're just it's it doesn't even come down to the pitching just just the bats that they have it's just unbeatable i mean there's really no holes in this lineup where the pitchers can pitch around okay mike um i will go with the red sox tonight and then red sox and five i think dodgers will get one on the home stand james uh dodgers will make it interesting at home but i expect a sweep from boston all right so they're gonna play tight tonight and then but still lose this World Series is amped up to be a very long, in-depth, competitive series, but when you go out and win the first two games at home, like what you're supposed to do, it really gives you a clear edge, clear advantage. It's hard for an opposing team to counteract and try to claw their way back into the World Series discussion because Boston, when they win the World Series, typically they win. Yeah. You know, and when, when you, you've won, what is it, four, three to four World Series in the last 15 years? I mean, they, they've been incredible since 2004. Um and then game four, Nathan Yavaldi versus Rich Hill. That should be interesting as well. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're actually going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some college football. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Org. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, and Kyle Russo. And quick reminder, you can listen to our show on WCWPSports.org and MyWCWP.org. Just finished up our baseball segment. We made our World Series predictions. So if you missed that, uh, you'll find that out on our podcast online. Just install Review and Preview on your phone on the podcast app and tune in. All right. College football, obviously the big news last week with Nick Bosa leading school, leaving school for the for the NFL draft uh, next spring, and he will miss the rest of the season and not return. And all of a sudden, one thing leading to another, Murphy's Law, Ohio State gets blown out 49-20 to against Purdue. This is the first time a top-two team in the nation has lost to an unranked team by that much since... 2012. Mike, what happened? You know, it wasn't the best game. It turns <laughs> out. That's an understatement, but yeah. I mean, they've they've done this time and time again. They always, not always, but they tend to always have one stinker on the road during versus like a bad Big Ten team. Yeah. And Urban Meyer does it every single, like, it's every season. Last year it was, um, it was Iowa, this year Purdue. I mean. Don't forget the TCU bad. game. Well, I mean, they won by 12, but yeah, that, that yeah, was Yeah, but they were down scare. late. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a scare as well. Can't happen. My question with this game is why do they only have Mike Weber run nine times? I mean, he had 45 yards. They had Dwayne Haskins throw the ball 73 times. Well, yeah, they were down immediately. But still, ridiculous. And, and Weber's not even their best running back. J.K. Dobbins is better. But, yeah, I mean, you can't get down that many points. It's You'll never, can't you'll never win that way. You yeah, will not Especially survive. on the road. That atmosphere was crazy. I mean, that was just brutal. Yeah, on the road against the Purdue team. Big Ten matchup. Now, Mike, this leaves me to ask you and the rest of our guys here in the studio this question. With one loss, 
and obviously there is a Big Ten championship um, coming up. Is there a road to the Final Four for Ohio State, and how? There is a road, because they have four games left, not including the Big Ten championship game, which they will make. So they... they Ooh! What? Oh. Michigan, Michigan State? You scared me with that. Whoa! Mike is actually taking a uh, call here. Very interested to see who this is. Um, Now, we were talking about the Ohio State game, and Mike does think there is a path to the Final Four, and we will find out what that path is in just a few moments. But honestly, the only way I think that could be Mike's argument here is if they win the Big Ten and they get in as a four. And, you know, at least one team in front of them loses at least one 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 game and you know Alabama's not going to lose uh Notre Dame is a fairly easy schedule the remaining of the year with the exception of the USC game and remember they don't have a conference championship game so if Notre Dame loses one game they're virtually out and then you have Clemson and their schedule coming up is probably the toughest out of the three not saying it's tough and then you have LSU who there's a good chance they may drop out. But Ohio State has dropped out of the top ten. I I don't personally see a road necessarily to a spot. No, I don't see any recovery from this, especially losing to a team that wasn't even nationally ranked. I mean, you look at teams like Oklahoma, really doesn't have that hard of a schedule besides West Virginia at the end of the season. you got a team like Texas, who, I mean, you look at their schedule, really doesn't have that much of an impact. I mean, Michigan could fall out. they got to play Ohio State. But, I mean, Ohio State has to have a lot of things fall into the lap for in order for them to get back into this. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. Because Let's hear it. All right, let's go. Okay, so they have <laughs> Nebraska next. They're going to win that. Okay. And then at Michigan State, they're going to torch them. Okay. And then at Maryland, easy win. And then they're home versus Michigan. Michigan Let me ask you a question, Dawes. Going into oh, Purdue so games, what was, your, what, was your, what was your phrase you used? You probably used the same thing, easy, easy win, right? Yeah, sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's no such thing as an easy one. Well, I mean, what, was no there any um, was there any compensation on that game? Oh no! Oh wow! Fun. Wow! Yeah, I mean they they were they were just outplayed completely when you score 20 points. When Ohio State scores 20 points, that is not good. And when your quarterback throws for 470 yards, 49 completions out of 73 attempts, you only score 20 points. That's a problem. But give credit to Blow; he had a phenomenal game. Uh, Moore was phenomenal. 12 catches, 170 yards, two touchdowns for the Boilermakers. And then you had just guys on defense making plays the whole game. Bailey had 15 tackles. Major had a great game. So, you know, this is not a Purdue team that's a walkaway team. You know, a lot, of the, a lot of times you run into these trap games on the road, not necessarily against teams that are ranked, but against teams that are good to a certain caliber. And when it's a conference game like that, it's always going to be a tough matchup, especially on the road. So yeah, and it was that night. It was, it was just it was a bad game. Obviously, the good news is Michigan and LSU have a very difficult stretch coming up to the point where they will probably lose one at least one game moving forward. So that's two teams that you figure will probably get bumped down a little bit. But we'll see, we'll see how it unfolds because the way the picks are right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, everybody that was here last week picked Ohio State to be in the Final Four except for Chris. I mean, there's. Is that wrong? I still think they're going to yeah. be in the Final Four because once they they're going to destroy Michigan. Well, destroy they have stuff. to have a lot of. No, they they could, even if they win every single game for the rest of the season, a they lot still needs have to, to happen. A lot needs I to happen. Could yeah. not disagree more, because 
they're just going to take so, so Michigan's If they were at spot. six, no problem. But they're at 11. They're not even in the top 10 yeah, anymore. Well, they're going to win four straight and then the Big Ten championship game, and then they'll be at four and they'll be and they'll take Michigan's place or whatever. Does they're not even in the top 10. They're 11th right now. They dropped nine spots. They were one of three teams to drop in the entire top 25. You know who, who those other two teams were? Oregon and NC State. And you're looking right now, there's an undefeated UCF team ranked number 10 in front of them. I don't think they'll have a problem jumping UCF, but you also got to worry about Florida, Oklahoma, Georgia, Texas, Michigan, and LSU, Notre Dame. Those are big teams you got to jump. Yeah. You got to jump at least five of those teams to even have a shot. Well, LSU, yeah. I think, is going to wind up dropping because they have to wind up playing Alabama at some point I think, in the next two weeks. But other than that, I mean, a real a lot of things have to happen for Ohio State to get back into this. I think, yeah, and I think Alabama is untouchable, especially when Tua has twenty-five touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Yeah, they're basically invincible. I mean, you remember what happened last season? They lost the game last season, and they still stayed at what number? I believe number three or number two in the country. They wanted to finishing in the top four. They stayed at number two or three. Uh, on that note, we do have a caller. We do. Uh, caller, please state your name and where you are from. Uh, Griffin Ward from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Here to talk about my Red Sox, baby. What's up, Griffin? How are you? How's that traffic? That traffic ain't bad, you know. Here with uh, Chris Klimaszewski and Jason... Bushman, and uh, we're on the road through Assumption right now. Just having a jolly good time up here. So um, I have a question. Uh, why, why did you tell me to do the, the FM thing? That was a horrible idea. <laughs> the FM thing was because I knew you couldn't do it on the board, so I started turning the oh, light so up. Just, anyway, what's we'll your question, works. Griff? I just wanted to talk about the Red Sox. Do you all think I they saw, can win I in four? Uh, well, you think they can win in three, apparently. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Sox in three, but y'all think they can sweep? Because I think they can. So Facebook Live, Griffin is asking, uh, Griffin is talking about the Boston Red Sox and how uh, they can potentially win the series in three games and not four, which is barely impossible. But he somewhat has a point where if they win tonight, they go up 3-0, and do you really think the Dodgers are going to win four games against a Red Sox team, especially when Boston is going to have three more games at home? No. Yeah, I don't think or two well, more. Two more games. Two more, yeah, two, yeah. But no, it's not I, gonna. I don't think it's possible. So yeah. I think Griffin has a point. Griffin, I think you have a point in terms of that. Obviously, you can't win a series in three when when you, when you got to win four. But yeah, theoretically, uh, theoretically, it could be over virtually tonight. So. All right, good night. Thanks, thanks for taking my call. No problem, Griffin. Thank you very much. That was Griffin Ward from. Hamilton, Massachusetts. All right. Um, moving on. We got to talk about some other games. Clemson blows out ranked NC State 41-7. to LSU does their job against ranked Mississippi State 19-3. to Michigan on the road against Michigan State 21-7. to Holding State to seven points in Ann Arbor. I'm sorry. Whenever you go to Ann Arbor and play, that is a tremendous battle, which is why I think Ohio State has zero shot right now, if you ask me, because all the ranked teams did their job. Clemson blew out an opponent. LSU held Mississippi State to three points. Michigan on the road against Michigan State. Seven points they give up. What about Washington upsetting Oregon 34-20? Or Washington When Ohio State State goes to their annual slaughter of Michigan, it will be at home, and it just 
I don't see how you could think they have no chance. They're gonna they're gonna beat Michigan State, Michigan, and Wisconsin on the way to the Final Four, and they'll mm-hmm. get the four seed. It'll be close. It'll be close. Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin's three and one. Wisconsin is out. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. but they'll but be in the Big Ten. Championship. I understand. Right. Wisconsin might be in the Big Ten championship. It might be Northwestern as well. So we'll it could be Northwestern. Mm. I hope it's Wisconsin. Michigan, Michigan State. Oh, there's really four or five teams that you can debate potentially get into that uh, spot there. So, other games. There's only five ranked unbeaten's left. Uh, you have South Florida, UCF, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama. West Virginia beat Baylor last night, 58-14. Will Greer was phenomenal. This is a game that they needed. Uh, West Virginia took a tough, tough loss um, a couple of weeks back to an unranked opponent, I believe, that basically almost took them out of the top 25. If I'm not mistaken, West Virginia is 13th right now, but they're a team you really can't count either, but that one loss is really bad for them. Don't be surprised if Oklahoma sneaks in. Kyler Murray, I like, be man, you know, he can potentially lead them. Georgia's not out of – I mean, Texas has surprised a lot of people who thought they'd be, they'd be ranked number six. It's true. This might be one of the highest they've been ranked since Vince Young, you know. Like, it, it, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, but it's true. All right. Um, the games this weekend, Clemson at Florida State. That's a, always a big game, even though Florida State's having a down year. Uh, Clemson is the second-ranked team in the nation. That's a big game, but Clemson should come away with that victory. You got uh, number 9, Florida, at number 7, Georgia. I love this rivalry. This rivalry, the the, the game starts before kickoff, basically. These two teams are always barking at each other. You know, the Gators are looking for their prey, and the Bulldogs are looking to run over people. You know, it's it's just, that's a trip. That's college football. Yeah, it'll be a nice smash-mouth game. I can't wait. Uh Love it. Um, other games this weekend we got to talk about. Iowa at Penn State, number 18 at number 17. Big game for Penn State. Penn State, Kyle, with two losses. You have Trace McSorley leading them. You have Sanders. What's gone wrong for Penn State this season? Is it just the tough schedule, or what is it really? I think it's... Honestly, it, I think it's just the tough schedule. I mean, to, to play Ohio State, then have the bye week, then come off that and play Michigan State, that's rough. Yeah. No, that's no. rough. I mean, and and especially for a coach and James Franklin, I mean, this is the second year in a row he's lost to Michigan State and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. The Michigan State game, I mean, that was a late game, but Ohio State, they were up on them a lot. To give up a lead in the fourth and third quarter, the, the way they had that, I mean, they just played slow football, conservative football. Yeah. And, you know, they deserve to lose that game. They did. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the question on why are they performing like this, they have a solid roster defensively and offensively. It comes down to the fact, in my opinion, that it's just too hard. I mean, they still got to play teams like Michigan. Yeah. I don't care how Wisconsin is playing. They still got a guy in Jonathan Taylor that could run over anybody. They still got to play Maryland, too, who's they're not great, but they'll show up to perform, especially at home. Yeah. I just think the SEC is so brutal. Um you got Georgia and Florida. So, I mean, Penn State will move up. Penn State can easily crack the top ten again, but they're they're they're, no, out. they're, they're virtually they're, out of they're it. virtually out of the discussion. No uh no coming back for them. Of yeah. them even uh coming back into that. Um so other big games, number fourteen, Washington State, after beating Oregon, they move up to number fourteen. They're gonna be at number twenty four, Stanford. Number twenty two, NC State against Syracuse, an ACC matchup. Uh, that's going to be big. 
and then um, number three, Notre Dame at Navy. Upset alert? Did you hear the news? No. Notre Dame and Navy in 2020 will be playing in Ireland. Ooh. Wow. I plan on attending that game. Are you really? For the record. You going to yeah. make it out there? Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Should be that fun. That should be fun. Should be a nice Navy uh, win over to Seas. <sighs> oh. Ooh. You know, Ooh. that was a really... He slid that in. That was a quietly. really bad pun, Mike. It was just, it's more of like a spoiler than a pun. I didn't have fun. Yeah, I didn't have that You, you can either. tell time two years ahead? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, he's a betting man. He has to be prepared at all moments. <laughs> so Show that's big news man. in college football. Um, the SEC is brutal. Big Ten is brutal. When you're an independent like Notre Dame, it's kind of like join a conference to build some more stuff on your resume. But Notre Dame is still doing this independently and having big games on their schedule where they kind of luck out a little bit. They've had a phenomenal season, and I think they might be a lock before Clemson. Not saying they'll jump them, but I think them and Alabama are virtually two locks at this point because you look at their schedules, and pretty much every game besides the USC game for Notre Dame is, you know, very favorable. Very favorable. uh, Notre Dame definitely controls their own destiny. They just got to, you know, if they went out, they're in. I think one loss, though. They're certainly out of it. Just One loss, the they're, they're out of it they just have they're to not finish, in a big conference. They have to finish off the season as hard as they started because last season we had the same conversation, and then they had a couple tough losses at the end, and that's what ultimately got them out of the top four. But last season, it was the same situation. They started off hot, ended off cold in a poor way. Yes. And uh, they just got to perform at this high level for the rest of the season. Yeah. I believe the line uh, for, for this weekend, they're favored by 24 points. So There you go. <laughs> On that note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the New York football giants. You're listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, and Mike Dawes. All right, so let's get to those New York football giants. There is a lot of hot news. Obviously, they lose Monday night to the Atlanta Falcons, another disgusting game by the New York Giants. A lot of coaching-related issues late. Uh, You can go back into this game, and you can talk about the failed two-point conversion, uh, the missed throws by Eli Manning, the heading back to the locker room by Odell Beckham, the injuries in this game. There are a lot of things to talk about, but... Before we get into our debates and everything, obviously the Giants are now 1-6. and six. Again, this was another winnable game. This was another winnable game if they could put some decent drives together. But, I mean, James, they just couldn't do it. They, no. couldn't, they couldn't do it. You, you look at that game and you're like, all right, definitely a winnable game with that, what, ranked 32nd defense in the Atlanta Falcons. But then as you watched, um, I don't know whoever caught that game. I'm pretty sure Kyle, Tom, and myself, caught. I definitely caught that game. Um, You would just see the offensive line not be able to protect Eli Manning, open up holes for Saquon that he he even said he had a poor performance of what he can normally perform at. So he was admitting that, yeah, he could have probably tried a little harder. Um, I don't know if he's putting it on him because he didn't produce like he normally does. Right. Um, but at the same time, when you're having one of the out the left tackle we thought would have been a lock, Nate Solder getting paid X amount of money, now is letting guys run right through him for sacks. 
I mean, that whole offensive line is terrible. Um, you look at it, then then you look at it from the defensive side. They tried their best. They, they can't. They don't crack, but they bend. But at the same time, you have to look at it this way: the defense is playing too long on the field. The, the, there's no way of trying to stop anybody. You, you, like we what had. We had a decent yeah. amount of sacks that game, I think. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, so, which was a little surprising because we, we're not a team that sacks quarterbacks. No, we're not. For a team that blitzes as um, much as we do, we don't sack the quarterback at all. No. So, uh, there's different things that they need to work on that defense and cutting people, adding people, what have you. And then, yeah, obviously missing open targets, but at the same time, when you don't get the protection as you sh- should need to be throwing. It's you're gonna obviously miss open targets and the play calling. Yeah. Um, in this game, defensively, they were on the field too long. Julio Jones had nine catches. Somebody tell me how this man still doesn't have a touchdown. Because since the last time Julio Jones caught a regular season touchdown, eleven different Falcons players have found the back of the end zone. That doesn't mm-hmm. even seem possible. This guy is a top three receiver in the NFL. Arguably the best. Arguably the best. You're going to tell me that you can't find the end zone? I mean, maybe it's because teams just, you know, they kind of like, they crack down on him in the red zone. They know he's a scoring threat, and they won't allow it to happen. But Giants lose this game. Numbers-wise, on paper, this was a good game. Uh, Manning had 400 yards and a touchdown, a poor rating, but you look at the receivers. Shepard had over 165 receiving yards. Odell had 8 for 143 and a touchdown. Barkley had over 50. Um, But a lot of that came late in the game. A lot of that came late in the game when the Giants were trailing by two possessions. That's unacceptable. It almost gets to the point where the Giants want to score when they're down by more than one possession. When they're down by one possession, they have a chance to take the lead, tie the game. They can't score. Kyle, what is wrong? With this team, Tom, that might so, be a very difficult question at this, this point because everything so might be wrong. Tom, there's so much, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something that I mean. Just think about it. Don't don't attack me real quick. Just just think about it for a Quickly. second. When we talk about this Giants team, when I look at it, it all leads back to one person, and it's not a player. I really think it it leads back to John Mara. It really does. When you look at last season. And look at how he addressed the Eli situation. He said he didn't. Not Reese. Not Reese. That's John Mara. That's a John. How, how Mara do you call. blame it on John Whoa. Mara? It's a John Mara call. No, I think it's all on Reese. It's John Mara. This is all on Reese. He claims that he had nothing to do with Ben McAdoo and allowing him to do it. I believe he had all the reason to, and I'll tell you why. Because of the fact that Ben McAdoo was already on the hot seat, it gave him the perfect opportunity to let another quarterback have an opportunity. Where Ben McAdoo screwed it up is. He should have played Davis Webb. As, as much as we know that Davis Webb wasn't capable either, we played Geno Smith instead. That's where this all went downhill. Now, where this went downhill again, when you look at a guy in Dave Gettleman, I like Dave Gettleman. If people don't like him, I like him. I think he's done a great job with this team and putting players together. He's done a little too but much. But when you look yeah. at what he did in Carolina, what do you do with Carolina, Tom? He got rid of bad contracts. He didn't give out bad contracts. He got rid of Josh Norman. He got rid of Josh Norman, but is Josh Norman doing anything with the Redskins right Not now? Not really. No. He got Fair rid enough. of Steve Smith, but did Fair Steve enough. did Steve Smith really make an impact with the Ravens? He yes. 
Yeah. He was old, and he made a great impact on Baltimore. But he, what I'm saying is he let Not as big as Carolina. Go. I understand what he you're saying. He let players not worth go that were not worth his contract. I agree with you. And when you look at what Gettleman is doing, on Norman, it, questions, it questions what he's doing right now. Is he really the one responsible for getting Kyle, that sold that contract? weren't you the one blowing up my phone on the Merritt Parkway that the Giants are cutting all these players after they finalize the 53-man roster? What is Dave Gettleman doing? I you, think that you were to, the one sending these messages, Tom. I, there's so many different. There's so many different ways we could address this, and it's not. And it's unacceptable. It really is because there's no explanation except for there's well, a few. I'm sorry, but when a player has their parent call out oh, the come owner on, man. of the New York come Football on. Giants, Odell, come on. Odell Beckham Jr. I saw you writing that down Odell as we were talking Beckham about. Odell Beckham Jr. That's a bunch of BS. How man. is that a come bunch? Come on, come on, man. Well, how is that a bunch of baloney? Come because on, because look. Realistically, we can go on this for all night long. As a professional athlete, there's no reason for your parents to get involved. Once you're 18, <laughs> your parents should technically be cut off from making Once this. Once you're 18, yeah. there's an this, Listen, this that's not the you. problem aligning with this team. The problem aligning with this team is our offensive line is garbage. There's no doubt about it. But our, our and they have a clear distraction. In our the, quarterback in the isn't doing much better. Who has walked back Our quarterback back to the is not room. doing much better, Tom. I'm not disagreeing. It might have been there. the funniest. I'm not thing disagreeing ever. with you. It might have been one of the funniest things. How is it the funniest seen? thing ever when you're no? Top star, when Odell goes to the side, when Odell goes to the side, I get when Odell goes to the side, and him and Pat Shermer are exchanging conversation and are hugging each other and they're conversing and they're saying, "Listen, you'll get the next ball, buddy. Don't worry about it." He doesn't go for a sideline. We like go that? to a double covered Scott I'm Simon said, instead of an open Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not Jr. disagreeing with you on, on the that. side. How do you know Odell was open? If Eli Manning was sees Odell not open. I'm sorry. Was Odell not Hold open? On. But you're Hold not on. the quarterback time sitting time back out. there. Time out. Time out. If you see, I'm just saying, I'm not saying this was the case on this play. If you see a double covered Odell and an open Scott Simonson, who are you throwing to? But that's the exact opposite. It was double covered Scott Simonson. You did not answer the question. You throw to the open man. But Odell was the open man. I'm saying, for an example, forget that play. Odell is double covered. Scott Simonson is open. Who are you throwing the ball to? No problem. You go to the open man. There's no doubt about it. But he went to the man that was double covered. For some reason. Okay. There were plenty of times where Eli Manning has forced the ball into double coverage with Odell Beckham Jr. where it's been an interception, the pass has been tipped. But a lot of the times, yes, I will give you credit that he's made catches. I'm not questioning his on-the-field talent. I think that touchdown was outstanding. We'll get to the quarterback sneaks in just a moment, but look. <laughs> first oh, those of all, are a joke. the Eli Odell debate, I still think Odell is the main contributor oh, to the problem on this team. It's obviously course, a combination of things. Eli is part of the problem, yes. He is old, but you can't blame Eli Manning. Can't. Nope. You can't blame Eli Manning when, look, the, the reason why you're not scoring is because he is on his back the whole game. The whole he game. is getting yeah. knocked down. And it that affects your accuracy on those open plays. It does. It does. Tom, because you're expecting plays. If you go back to that play, not the, not the play on the fourth and one where he missed Odell and went to Simonson. When he went to the play two plays before on Odell and he missed, he didn't even get the ball in the end zone. He, was op- he had coverage for 10 seconds, and he didn't hit anybody. Okay. Well, is Eli going to throw a tantrum on the sideline like Odell will? When no, we know when, Eli. He doesn't show losing, no emotion. He could say whatever he wants. Six. you got to show emotion. Fire up your team, especially in a time of losing. Yeah, but Odell does it wrong. He's there's slamming a, his head there, at the cooler. There's a different way to yeah, do it. Odell's a cool the way Landon Collins does it is fine. Yeah. 
He he wants the team to rally Leo, around Del him. Beckham Jr. does it is wrong. That's why there's a target on his back. That's why 90% of people watching football do- dislike Odell Beckham Jr. And there's no other way to put it. You don't throw tantrums on the side and slam your head against the, the cooling fan or run into the locker room because you don't like water. I mean, let's be real. How do you come out and say, I don't like water? What What, what does that tell the public forum? That tells the public that this this he, team is a dummy. Okay, this team that, can get away with anything. No, that tells the public back. he is too stuck up for water. He wants his IV in him to get direct uh, injections. Like, like a direct deposit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a yeah. fluid so he can be the the man. He he doesn't want to st- right. put a play on a sideline so he could take I'm a just break. Saying, if when Eli Manning gets his check, he would have no problem cashing it if it was not a direct deposit. Odell Beckham Jr. would force them to give him a direct deposit right away without earning it. Oh, yeah. That's another example. That, that we're Listen, using. Eli Manning end, would not do that. When we look do at you this disagree team. with me there? No, because it's true. Tom, when we look at Eli Manning. When has Eli Manning gonna... ever complained? Let me ask you, let me ask you a question He's about He's never run into the locker room. He, he owns up to his mistakes. But he does nothing about him. He does nothing. He has no line in front of him to protect him. What what are you supposed Thank to do? You. Thank what, you. What are you supposed to do? Stand there dur- during the game and get knocked down and try to throw a ball and fumble it, and then every fan's like, "Well, he shouldn't have thrown the ball. He should have he covered a very it up." Unathletic player. What are you going to do? He's going to fumble the ball that he has hit. I am not defending him on that. That's the way that he is. However, the offensive line is a big part of it too. You say it's serviceable, it's better, but they're still not great. And you look at Nate Solder. You overpaid for him because you don't know how to draft offensive linemen. Patrick Omane, three years, fifteen million. He's sitting on your bench. Spencer Pulley started at center the other night. Yep, we three centers. Not to mention they've been without Evan Ingram majority of the season. Who came back in this game? Two catches, not a sixteen factor. yards on four targets. He has not been a factor at all. Um, I will say Barkley has been the one bright spot this season. Eli and Odell have been connecting. Shepard's been making plays at times. Excuse me, um, but let's first let's analyze Shermer going for two. This was Shermer's mindset. Shermer graphically laid out a visual on why going for two gave the Giants a better chance to win. According to probability, the Giants had a better chance to win. Yeah, and I'm all for I analytics. I don't. I don't know if you saw that graphic. I did. I'm all for analytics. I the don't. The problem is this is the the Giants are the exception of analytics. When we can't score to begin with, why would you bet on us scoring on a two point conversion? <laughs> Why? Why would you even go to attempt not, that? Not that. Not this. Not that analytics. Analytics are becoming a huge part of sport in every yeah. sport: baseball, football, basketball. At the end of the day, when you're a team that can't score to begin with, why would you go with faith and numbers on what other teams have done in the league based on what you could do? Right. But I'm just saying, if Odell Beckham Jr. was a better teammate to his teammates, oh and Eli in particular, would it be this big of an issue right now? No. no. Tom, what would you want? Because you then want all the focus and blame is on Eli in that offensive line. No, There's it's no not. blame. How? The, the fingers, I'm I just you, said. The fingers would said. be pointing at Odell for one reason. Because we paid him the most money ever for a wide receiver, and there's no production from him. So if he wasn't going out and calling other players, we'd be pointing the finger at him, number one. Do you think that every single antic that he has done has been appropriate? Nobody's saying it's appropriate, and nobody's calling him Again, a leader. Again, you didn't answer the question, Kyle. You didn't answer the question. Tom, what do you want me to say? Is, are, are his things appropriate? No. Is his dad defending him good? No. Is his tweets and the fact that he took the opportunity in which the Giants granted him to talk to Josina Anderson, is what he said correct in calling for, out his teammates? For an 
what is it, 21 since the boat? 4 and 20. 4 and 20 since the boat. Since that yeah. picture was taken. Yeah. Best day of my life. Listen, at the end of the day, Odell's a problem. Nobody's questioning it. Is he the main problem? No. I don't think it has to do with leadership. Okay, we're going to disagree to... on that, and we're going to continue to, to disagree on that yeah, for until... the rest of the season. Yeah. Until we lose our vocal cords, because, you know, <laughs> oh, that's man. just how it goes. I'm done. I'm losing. Okay, I'm losing. Shermer going for two. Kyle has a good point about you can't exactly include analytics with the way the Giants' offense is right now. You need to go for the extra point and tie the game. Obviously, on paper, it makes sense as to why Shermer made that play call, but this is not the Minnesota Vikings from last season. The problem is Shermer's offense fit Case Keenum a lot more than it does with Eli Manning right now, and Eli Manning feeds off that play-action pass. Yeah. Right? There, there were a lot of times Odell Beckham made outstanding catches in this game. He really works that sideline well, he does. which is why I think he has the third most receiving yards in the league behind Thielen and Jones, I want to say. Uh, so, you know, he's an incredible athlete, and to have an athlete like that on your offense is outstanding. But at the end of the day, you can't be pointing fingers at your quarterback when you're part of the issue as well. And a good teammate would not point their fingers at the quarterback. They'd be focusing on, oh, this is what I can do better to help the team out. Yeah. Nate Solder clearly admitted, I am not doing my job well enough right now. The Giants came in and they gave me all this money and I have been underperforming. Now, obviously, Nate Solder is one of the least problems on this team. But for him to come out and say that, it still speaks volumes to how good of a teammate he is. Let's look at the Giants' starting offensive line from week one. Nate Solder, left tackle, he's still starting. Will Hernandez, the rookie left guard, he's still starting. John Halapio, center, he's out for the season with the broken leg or ankle, whatever it is. Patrick Omane, starting right guard, three years, $15 million from Jacksonville. Their replacement is we were supposed to get Norwell. So then we counteracted that with Solder and Omane. Solder's underperformed. Omane is now sitting on the bench. That's three years, $15 million worth of dollars sitting on the bench. Right tackle, Eric Flowers, cut. No longer on the team. Who has him now? Some team signed them, actually. Jacksonville? Jacksonville. And Flowers loves to talk down south right now. Look, <laughs> I understand you're only 980 miles away from MetLife Stadium, but, I mean... Don't do it. You were awful. You 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 are the worst player in the in, in the NFL. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll see if he gets the opportunity to play on the offensive line. We'll see if it's the offensive line coach's so, problem or his problem. Tommy Mack actually has a comment on our Facebook Live how with the Odell Beckham Jr. situation, how this is John Mara and Dave Gettleman's fault that they should have let him play out his contract and franchise tag him. Yes, Odell. I agree. I agree. There. Oh. They should have gave him the free. Why? Because you pay more money when it's the franchise tag, and then when you go to sign him, you got to pay more than he would have. I completely agree with Tommy Mack. But he, the, you don't know how he's performing coming off that injury. They dumped a whole bunch of money on him. He got paid now for all he could do is be. He can play half fast games. Look at the numbers that he's putting up on the board. He's third in receiving he's yards in all in football, and he's his quarterback numbers, can't even connect with him. But he's putting. Yeah, I understand. He's putting up numbers. But he's, at the same time, he's not leading this team. He is not. He's not supposed to lead. Yes, he is. What? You're, you're the highest you paid that? person he's in that team. Did he get a cap- Can you say Did he that? get a captain's tag? It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter. It doesn't if matter. he didn't get the captain's tag, you go, you go out that's next season, this season, and try to get that captain's tag so for next season. just because I don't have a label doesn't mean I can't be a leader. Look at Damon Snacks Harrison. He led that defensive line for two and a half years. And look what we do with leaders. We get rid of him and trade him for well, nothing. I'm, you guys I'm not are terrible. You have to trade everybody. Right. No, no, it's it, nothing to do with him not being a leader. Thank you for that. And also, th- there's something to be said about the highest paid person in that locker room. They have to be a leader. Every, all these former athletes always say it, and Odell is certainly not that, and he's embarrassing himself every day. Thoughts? 
Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. is the second biggest embarrassment in the NFL behind Eric Flowers. <laughs> really? It's not Eli's face against the Dallas Cowboys when he no, fell down? No, because he's he's planted on a meme on social media Eli's every week. Had that he's face. a walking meme. But he had that face ever okay. since he entered the Let's league. Let's go back to the offensive line. We brought up Solder, Hernandez, Jalapio, Omane, and Flowers. Now it's Solder, Hernandez, Pulley, Greco, Wheeler. Greco used to start for the Browns. Chad Wheeler was an undrafted free agent last year, and Spencer Pulley was claimed off waivers from the Chargers. Wow. Nobody said it was good. Wow. It's serviceable. It's, it's no doubt better than what we've had. It's serviceable. serviceable. Hold on. We had Weston Richburg and Justin Pugh last year who could not stay on the field. We had to get rid of them. Those were our two best offensive linemen, right? Yeah. Name two offensive linemen that are serviceable this year. Hernandez is serviceable, and Nate Solder is serviceable. His only bad game was this Atlanta game where he gave up three sacks. Right, but this is, this is both their first year on the team. This is an offensive line that's been slapped together for the first year. Greco was here late at the end of the season last year, but other than that, and Chad Wheeler, but... Chad Wheeler's solid, too. He played a solid I'm game. Not, I like Chad Wheeler a lot. You know, a young talent out of USC, he is a solid player. Yeah. But there's a lot of pressure on him right now. Yeah, no doubt. There's a lot of pressure on him. I'm saying the offensive line is not good enough because there's no leader on the offensive line. Nate Solder wears the captain symbol every day, but we can also call him out too. You know, why aren't you leading by example? Why are you know speak up a little bit, do things that you know because you're the offensive line is more of a problem than Eli is. If Eli was a bigger problem than the offensive line, you would say, oh, Eli should be speaking up a little more and doing these things. Right? We know that's not in his character, but we've dealt with that for 15 years. Then why is this Eli is the one that's, that's getting talked new. about being benched? Because that's what the media wants to do. They want to portray a poor light on Eli Manning because he's the... 37 years old. It's they what's going to happen. Every day. It's what's going to happen. I'm not saying that's not what's going to happen, but the point here is that there's other issues on this team, and one is a bigger issue. Nobody said we were perfect. Okay, I will say one thing. Eli, two terrible decisions yeah. late in this game there you go. with the quarterback draw. Those were awful decisions, yeah. and I will full-heartedly admit that was all on Eli Manning and the offensive line in front of what strictly on Eli Manning. That I will admit to you. The 37-year-old immobile quarterback that wiped off 40 seconds away, even if we recovered the onside kick, there was no time. No, what, was, what, what are we going to do, kick NFL a 75-yard field goal with Aldrick Rosas? There was yeah, two, okay. There's two teams this season that recovered an onside kick. And one of them were the Giants. And one of them were the Giants. Okay, stand by. I'm right here. Thank you. No problem. Um, so, one, and they went for two, and they got it, right? They yep. went for two, and they got it with Odell. Yep. That big catch, right. So, um, my thing is this. We talked about the draws. We talked about Shermer going for two. Now let's talk about what happened this week a little bit. Damon Snacks Harrison gets traded, and this was a good thing long-term for the Giants, and I'm going to tell you why. It's obviously really bad for us this year because you just got rid of our best defensive lineman, top run stopper. Mm-hmm. But Dame, Damon Harrison, he played in the 3-4 with the Jets, but he was more on the field on first and second down when they would set down four defensive linemen. He doesn't really fit Betcher's new playing style of defense. His contract does affect the compensation as well, because it's harder to get higher picks when a player has a large contract like Snacks Harrison. You know, he's going to cost the Lions over $4 million this season, $7 million next year, and nine and a quarter million in 2020 if they want to keep him. So I think this was a good move for the Giants because they got a lot of money off their hands. Yeah. I understand a fifth-round pick is not ideal. It helps Detroit out short-term. But in the long run, 
this is going to help the Giants. In the short term, it is not. You took away a leader on that defense. It's an awful move for the short term, but in the long term, it's going to help Shane Betcher's defense progress. This is great for Dalvin Tomlinson because he's been breaking out. B.J. Hill has been outstanding in his yeah. rookie campaign. And you hear the good news on uh, R.J. McIntosh, who might be back this season. This is a time now where you get these younger guys in on that defensive line and you figure out who really gels together. And this is a figuring out process in itself. I understand that one in six, the Giants will have that mentality, you want to win games. And to have Snacks Harrison, that's going to be big. Without him, that's also going to be big in a negative way. Right? Yeah. It was definitely more of a hurtful trade to me losing Snacks than Eli Apple. Despite Apple, you know, he played well the oh, last three to four games. So I, for, before we get to Apple, what's your opinion on Snacks? Oh, we just... We, it's like we don't know how to trade or you something. See, you see what I'm saying, though, right? I see what you're saying long-term, but at the end of the day, long-term makes sense when it when there's recompensation of a good pick. What does a fifth-round pick get you? A fifth-round pick essentially gets you nothing. You see Landon Collins' tweet? Yeah, I saw. He was he was Let's pissed. And Devon Kennard so right afterwards Devon tweeted Kennard, out. Devon who was signed Former by the Former giant Lions. linebacker. Um, he tweeted out. He's like, you mad, bro? Is he? Kennard said, let's go snacks. Collins yep. said, bruh. Go, go to sleep. Yeah. Kennard goes, you mad, bro? <laughs> Collins goes, very. <laughs> yeah. Here's the yeah. problem. He should be. Here yeah. is the problem. They want to build the defense around Landon Collins, Olivier Vernon, because he fits the 3-4. Collins is their hybrid safety, right? Those are the two best players on that Giants defense, and Alec Ogletree. And the rookie Lorenzo Carter. What you have we, veterans. Tom, but that, that's all fine. But what are we supposed to do when we – can only stop the run. We can't sack the quarterback at all. Safeties and linebackers, they're great. But we can't get to the quarterback, so what does it matter? I'm not the only thing that we had on the defense was run stopping. Not disagreeing. And then you yeah. traded him essentially away for nothing. And everybody acts like the guy's old. He's 29. And he's only... He's not old. He's only making what? He's making $8 million, $9 million a season? Yeah. That sounds like a lot. That's really not a lot for what he does. He's arguably this... the best run stopper in the entire league. Okay, here's my personal opinion on it. I hated the trade. Yeah. I hated the trade. You only get a fifth-round pick. But I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little here and to see the bright side of this three to four years down the line. Do you see Snacks still as a part of this team? The yeah, Giants no. are in. Potentially. No. Yeah. He's young enough to the point where he could still be a part of the team. But he doesn't fit Betcher's defense. He was one of the holdovers from the previous Steve Spagnuolo defense. There's great players in this league that should be starting on teams. Damon Snacks Harrison will be a top defensive lineman on like half of the NFL teams. He's the best run stopper in the NFL, maybe except for Aaron Donald. Yeah. But you got to really think about it for a second. This isn't bad long term because you free up money. You free up money to address other needs. The offensive line, the pass rush. Snacks was not a pass rusher. Betcher wants everybody on that defense to be a pass rusher. You don't know who's coming. You look at the 3-4 Giants defense that won the Super Bowl. Back in 1990, three all guys were pass rushers. The slowest guy in that line was Jim Burt, and he still had like five, six sacks. Snacks is only going to give you one to three sacks a season. Yeah. But, Tom, that's great and everything, but when you see the defense that James Betcher has put together, the guy's he, – he's a defensive coordinator who's, I think, great, but all he does is blitz the quarterback, and we can't sack the quarterback. So when you only have run-stopping in your defense, why would you trade why away the best run-stopper in the league? I get Especially it. when I you get, get no compensation. I get it. 
I get it. I'm not disagreeing with you. You do realize this, right? Yeah, I got it. I hate the trade as well. It's beneficial. I hate the trade as much as you it. do. I understand. All right. The other trade, Eli Apple. Yeah. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Look, a four. I don't, I don't think so. Well, here's why. Do you see Eli Apple as part of the long term? No. Yeah. Well, it was not. another bad <laughs> Reese pick. His mom Horrible was doing pick. half the talking for the guy. There's four players drafted since like 2010 that are still on the roster. Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard are two of them. Yeah. That don't include this year's picks. That's Eli Apple was a bad apple to begin with. Ooh. There's no doubt All he first, wasn't a good player. There is one first-round pick remaining since 2008, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. There's one first-round pick remaining since 2004. 2005, I should say. Eli Manning. Odell Beckham Jr. He is the oh, only first-round pick on the roster besides the one the last two years besides Eli Manning. Yeah. yeah. What do you That's think about that? That's not good. Well, yeah. here, here's what we got for Eli Apple from the Saints. Fourth rounder. Which is essentially a low fifth rounder because the Saints are going to probably go to the Super Bowl this and year. And a seventh round, which is probably a compensation. Which is pick, nothing. Let's be realistic here. So we well, got see nothing late... and nothing for our two, best of, two of our best defensive players. He's not, not, he's not, it's very not good. nothing and nothing because you majority of the steals in the draft come in the third to seventh round. Yeah, but we that can't draft to begin with. What are yeah, we stealing? Can't draft. Well, the Giants had a really good draft this year, I thought. Yeah, th- this year they had a Gettleman good year. could have Curry's traded out. up to get Carter and Hernandez. Carter was a second-round talent. Hernandez was a first-round talent. He waited, and he got both the guys well, that Hernandez he wanted. Hernandez fell to us, let's be honest. He fell to us. He should have been did. drafted in the first round. He should have been the third offensive lineman yeah. drafted behind McGlinchey and Nelson, but he wasn't, you know, because there was a big need for centers. You can ask the Colts. There was a big need for their center. But back, yeah. but back to the Giants, the Apple trade, he was playing well. Yep. Who's next? You know, this is obviously a fire sale at this point. Is it Janoris Jenkins? No. His contract is too untradeable to the point where we're going to get nothing back from so him. So now who, 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 who starts Sunday? B.W. Webb? Grant Haley? Yeah, Grant Haley's going to want to start. Grant Haley was Saquon Barkley's roommate. Yeah, that's fun. He's going to wind up that's starting. That's a fun fact. <laughs> didn't even set it up, and I, I, I had fun. <laughs> He's going to oh, wind up starting. Oh, man. That was a good one, yeah. Mike. Oh, Mike. And I think the Giants will trade Jenkins for another fifth or sixth round pick because that's all they're going to get. Oh, from. don't say that. No. Oh, they absolutely will. Did yeah. you Did you actually just say that? What could you get from? I mean, think about it. Think about you, it. You're not getting The, the only reason why we got a fourth round, it should have been higher, no for joke. Eli Apple is because Landon Collins called him a cancer in the locker room. That's not why you got. And a for the best pass rusher in all of football, we got a fifth round pick. What are we going to get who's for? The, a... Who's the best pass rusher in all of football? Okay, besides Aaron Donald, run stopper. I about to say he is not even not a top. run pass rusher. Yeah, think run a... stopper. Uh, First, run you stopper. only got a fifth because he's too expensive. He's not and though. Yes, he is. Nine, eight million dollars is too expensive. Yeah. For a Lions defense that is decimated. So, so if you're the Lions, you're going to give up. A first, second round pick, something like that. And no, but like for at least a fourth here's round. another problem. You want to you want to talk about defense? Alec Ogletree was just ruled out Sunday. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. Good. Alex Smith Ray, had a field day. Ray Ray Peterson have a field day. Ray Ray Armstrong, who was on IR, got cut. Love yeah. it. Dante Dion got waived. Ray Ray Armstrong and Dante Dion were the two biggest surprises in the preseason. Yeah, and they both look at all the guys that should still be on this roster: Snacks, Apple, Munson. Um. A couple other guys that got dropped as well. Uh, Hunter Sharp. Jarrell Adams. Jarrell Adams. Yeah. John Jerry, maybe. Not really. Mm, yeah. No, no, no. More Brett Jones than John Jerry. Well, John. Yeah. Well, Brett Jones was traded, but John Jerry would have definitely come in clutch, especially for that 
Omame benching. I mean, he's not as bad as Omame, but he's not that great. If the offensive line wasn't as bad, I doubt Jonathan Stewart is on IR right now. Ooh. Mm. That's a hot topic. Yeah, I mean, can't rule it out, you know? No. Yeah. Well, I saw uh, before I came here, I saw, uh, oh, what is it, Landon College and uh, Dallas. Yeah. A potential. Not happening. Yeah. Collins isn't going anywhere. Jane, yeah, they, I don't think Jenkins is going anywhere. Sterling Shepard was rumored as a potential surprise that trade candidate. better not happen. I will not. I will not be able to tolerate that if they trade away Sterling Shepard. Look, the winning focus changes through the roster changes, according to the Shermer Says um, segment on Giants.com. Uh, there's a lot of narratives outside. The big news of the week, the trades of Eli Apple. It's typical of this league. There's business dealing that is done throughout the year. We were presented with offers for the two players we traded, and we wish Eli and Snacks Harrison well. Did you see the one quote? Uh, I forget who it was, Schefter or somebody. The Giants trade Eli. Yes. Oh my Apple. God. Yeah. And he had Odell's good. face holding his hand like this or something. It had my face going a little bit. I'll be honest with you. It had my I, That's the only You way. don't trade your franchise quarterback and Eli Manning. Yeah. You let him. Does anyone even want him? Jacksonville, maybe. There you go. Mike just said well, it. Well, I mean, well, he's, there you go. doesn't mean he's bad. He he's just, just said a it. horrible trade piece because he's old and expensive. The only place I would see him is horrible. going is Jacksonville. He's horrible. He's yeah, horrible. No, okay, but you're not playing place, against so. a great O-line, though. What are we talking about? Jacksonville is one of the best O-line. Okay, and then we should see how Eli Manning does down there. Odell then. Beckham Jr. is part of the reason Eli is playing this bad. Are you, did you? Of course. What? Because yeah. he's being pressured to throw the ball to him every single play because yeah, he doesn't shut up. Eli, feel pressure. <laughs> throw it to the one of the best receivers in the league. And all you have to do is throw it's, it in the vicinity. He'll right, catch it with three fingers. This is dating back to 2007 when you had Jeremy Shockey in his ear every game. Oh, my God. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Odell Beckham Jr. is doing the same thing. Okay, and Eli's also like 14 years 13 years older. Shermer needed to calm down Odell because Odell was like, oh, I can't take this. Did you see I need to Shermer... go run to the locker room to go to the bathroom. I mean, come yeah, on, man. Did you see what Shermer did on the sideline? Yeah, he had a Throw whole... Throw to Odell. Okay, but Shermer's That's been on this team. That's problem. Okay, but Shermer's That's been on this problem. team for seven games. You know what else was a problem? Running to the bathroom on the sideline. Big slamming big your helmet against the wall. Huge, bigger problem. Yelling at your teammates on the sideline. Having your problem. dad call out the owner of the team. The owner whose father... Uh, inherited the Giants franchise for like $500 when he was 14 years old. You're going to call out his son like that, who's the owner of the team? The audacity. Yeah, Wellington Mara, he, he left he left his son in good hands, and his son has not adjusted well to it. Partially because of Odell Beckham Jr. No, because once everything left after 2012, everything... Well, Reese. Reese was Reese. downhill. Reese, Reese, was, Reese a was a big part. part of it. But... Uh, Preview this game against the Redskins. Oh, big loss. Any chance. Adrian Peterson home. is having like 120 yards at easily. Home. Adrian Peterson is running up that. No line. Ogletree. No snacks. Easy. No apple. Easy. I the resurrection be- of Adrian Peterson. That's going to be the headline. Vernon is playing. Lorenzo Carter is playing. Oh, congratulations for Vernon. Connor Barwin. Dalvin Tomlinson. You're smiling because you're like, we got no shot. B.J. Hill. <laughs> Collins. <laughs> B.J. Goodson, who should have been off the team after last year. Oh, he should have been he way cut. I don't like B.J. Goodson. I don't like him at all. Yeah. Plain and simple. Curtis Riley, he's been okay. He's he hasn't been, been right. great. Tom, this team is garbage. We're getting the number one overall pick. It's over. I mean, that's it. And what sucks about this the most is our only quarterback hope is not even going to declare. Wait, you saying we're getting the overall 
number one. Look yeah, at the Raiders. We're not getting the overall number one pick. On yes, that note, we we're going to step aside we got the for Raiders. a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have our team of the week and talk about the New York Jets. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview. It is the top of the hour, 8, 12 p.m. here in Brookville, New York, here on the LIU Post campus. You're listening to Review and Preview on mywcwp.org through WCWP Sports. I'm Tom Scavetta here with Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, James Mont- Montefusque. We actually have a guest here in the studio tonight. Zach, shout out to you for joining us here in the studio for our show. A friend of Kyle's here joining us. You can't really see him in the shop, but uh, Zach will give a wave there on Facebook at some point. <laughs> there, there you have it. Um, one last thing on that last segment. For how much I dislike Odell, he's the fastest player in the Super Bowl era to reach 5,000 receiving yards. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Look, you got to give credit where credit is due. When am I ever taking away credit from Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr.? I mean, on that note, let's get to our team of the week. Uh, James, you will go first. Who Ooh. is your team of the week? Houston Texans. Good pick. Thank you. I was gonna pick them, but... I'm guessing that was your pick, Tom. I think that was three people's picks. Oh, yeah, I have a better pick, but no, well, no, 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 keep going. Yeah, but, uh, the stage. They, uh, they, they've been winning. They've been showing. JJ Watt's <laughs> finally back, healthy. That defense looks pretty good. Yeah. Um. Uh, who else do we got there? We, Clowney. Clowney. I mean, the way they play last night. Yes, of course, against um, the, the Dolphin. The Dolphin. Oh my god, I can't speak. Dolphins. But at the same time, uh that was still a good uh good performance by them. What is it? 5 games they won now in a row? Set or like 4, four, four or 5. Four. Are the yeah, Texans 5, five and 3? Yeah, they're yeah. 5 and 3. So, after being after starting off yeah. 3. So I give them a lot of credit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the second half of the season for them. I think either they could do really well if JJ Watt stays healthy and everybody's uh everybody does well. Mike, who is your team of the week? All Thank right, you, James. This is going to well, sound crazy. My team of the week is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, my God. I understand they lost, but now everyone thinks they're out. They're just going to keep winning and winning and then make the final four. So my team of the week is Ohio State. Just because the pressure's all off, and that's when they thrive. Any thoughts on that? No, there's no I... thoughts on that. <laughs> don't agree, but I appreciate your contribution to the segment. Thank yeah, you, Mike. I mean, yeah, I guess. Look, I, I, I understand your opinion on that. Um, it's definitely uh, an option for them to come back. Um, on that note, Kyle Russo, who is your team of the week? Uh, Boston Red Sox, my team of the week. Going up 2-0 on a Dodgers team. Uh, play them at home right now. I believe they actually are probably 15 minutes into the game right now. Like I projected earlier, uh, I think they don't wind up sweeping the uh, Dodgers. And like Griffin had stated, even though I didn't hear the call, if they win this game tonight, the series is practically over. Yeah. It's too much to overcome at Mm -hmm. that point. So, yeah, my team of the week is the Boston Red Sox. I completely agree with you that they have been outstanding all season. Um, I agree with your picks. Um, I do respect Mike's as well because, you know, OSU is not out of it. But I'm going to throw you guys a little curveball here, and I'm going to go with the Detroit Pistons. 
Mm. Uh, this is a little Ooh. surprising. They are one of three teams in the Eastern Conference still undefeated. A team with Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, and a bunch of role players. There's three teams left in the Eastern Conference undefeated. Toronto with Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Milwaukee Bucks. And then Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and the Detroit Pistons. They're my team of the week because they're 4-0. Uh, yes, three of their four games have been home to start the season. But I'm pretty, I believe they had a competitive game against Brooklyn late. But I'm really interested. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what they can do in the long run in that Eastern Conference playoffs. And Blake Griffin putting a up full big season of Blake Griffin might mean playoffs. You yeah. never know. Their front court is elite. It is Griffin and Drummond. That's unbelievable. On that note, uh, let's get to the Jets. So, um, the Jets lose to the Minnesota Vikings, thirty-seven to seventeen. Uh, look, the Minnesota Vikings were my lock last week, so you know I'm I'm glad that I picked them. Um, Adam Thielen went off this game. Kirk Cousins looked great. It all started from right away. The 37-yard touchdown strike to Adam Thielen. He's the best wide receiver in football right now. Uh, Cousins and Thielen are nearly unstoppable. Um, Stephon Diggs is a great number two receiver to have. Kyle Rudolph, a tight end. That offense is complete, but the Jets did not look bad. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate because uh, the, the Jets lost one of their two starting safeties. Um, our good friend Doug Middleton is on injured reserve. So um, definitely a big loss for the Jets secondary. And Fine. at this time, we have a caller. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle from Huntington. How are you guys doing? Kyle, how's it going? We always love to have you here uh, calling in on the show. Um, so I hear you want to talk some Jets and maybe a little Giants? Of course, Tom. First of all, how are you doing, dude? I am. How is, that, how is everyone else in the studio doing? We are doing great. We have James, Kyle, Mike here, and Kyle brought uh, a friend here with him as well. So, you know, we have a packed house tonight here in Studio 4. And um, awesome. we are ready for your comments. Well, first of all, I'd like to say how improvement Sam Darnold has been or the Jets, matter mm-hmm. of fact, how good they've been this season. Obviously, it's not great. The record isn't that great. But from where everyone else had them in the beginning of the year to having three wins right now and being, I guess, the team of New York, if you want to say it, uh, you know, I, I, agree. I, I, I'll I guess I'll it. take it. All day. I agree. Yeah, Giants stink. And, dude, Sam Darnold, he's been getting better and better all game. I love it. As a Jets yeah, fan, yeah. it's just it's so nice to see a, a quarterback. Like, I think uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with myself. Kyle, uh, <laughs> would 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 you say that Darnold is clearly uh, the best of the four big four quarterbacks to come out of this year's draft? I think it's too early to say anything. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like That's because a you never answer. know. Like he, he could tear his ACL and just be never the same again. He could do something with his neck and never be the same again. Right. So don't jinx it. It, it, it. Why, why, it, why it, would you say that? Yeah. As a Jets fan, best before <laughs> quarterback all these years. Why would you I say know, that? No, no. You better knock on wood after that one. Oh, I am. Trust me. I got you, brother. It's too, early to, it's too early to tell. I do like Baker Mayfield a lot. I think he's really good, too. Uh, but it's too early to tell. For the uh, – I, I want to interject here, Kyle. Um, I agree with you. I I think I read a report or heard something that uh, the Jets quarterback is more of the more level-headed quarterback compared to any other quarterback in the draft. 
Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, look, obviously there's no hiding it. He had three interceptions this weekend, but you're going up no. against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, one of the top defenses. One of the top but defenses in the to, league. To, to, to your point, I even though I love Sam Darnold, he could be the savior of the Jets. I know it's too early. But there's a lot of interceptions that are mostly his fault. Yeah. Because he does throw into double coverage a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that over the meets. Like, he keeps making the same mistake. And I know he's learning as a rookie, and you're going to get those mistakes. But yeah, it, it, it's a little frustrating seeing him throwing double coverage. He's still making the same mistake. Against a Vikings defense that has been struggling all year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, they, they got blown out in that uh, one game against Buffalo. But. You know, they have guys getting healthy. Everson Danielle Hunter has been really good as yeah. that second defensive end. And then you had Kendrick Smith and Sandejo and Rhodes. And uh, Sheldon Richardson, too. Yeah, yeah. but um, obviously Kirk Cousins, he had a decent game. Thielen was phenomenal, but nobody else Thielen's really. Thielen's always phenomenal. Yeah, Thielen is the best receiver in football. I think uh, seven games now, he has over 100 receiving yards yep. in all seven, and I'm pretty sure he has over 800 receiving yards through seven weeks. So. Yep. That leads me to think, could Thielen potentially have 2,000 yards by the end of the season? I don't think he'll quite get there, but, you know. He'll be close. He is on track. He might against these defenses. Uh, But back to the Jets, Kyle. Uh, The defense has looked good. Um, You know, obviously the offense, I don't don't know if you heard, Robbie Anderson is doubtful for the game against the Bears. Uh, I heard he's not going to go. And then losing Doug Middleton is big. Um, but you have a lot of young, good guys. Jamal Adams, uh, I, Avery Williamson, Darren, mm-hmm. Darren Lee, McClendon, okay. and Hen- Henry Anderson as well. Talk about good. him. He's been a very nice surprise for this Jets team. I think that the, the Jets' defense side of the ball is very underrated. They have, what, the third or second most turnovers in the NFL right now? Yeah. And they're, they're young defense. I know they have a lot of injuries with yeah. Jermaine Johnson. Which, to be fair, even before the injury, wasn't doing what Tremaine Johnson does. Right. Buster screens. Uh, uh, he's been injured, uh, but he should be ready to go this week. Uh, Claiborne's also questionable for this week. So this is going to be a really tough game for the Jets this week to win. Well, not just defensively, Kyle, but offensively. You know, the attack in this no, game. Robbie yeah. Anderson's going to be out. Noonwa's out. Bilal no Powell. Powell. Yesterday, a report was released, you know, he could possibly have a career-ending neck yeah. injury. So that's... I mean, not no, just talking about the defensive side of the ball, but offensively, this could be a real struggle. So, um, Kyle Earhart, Mike Dawes, you guys, as the Jet fans here in the studio, you're going up against the Bears this week. Uh, this is a battle of two young quarterbacks, Mitchell Trubisky and Sam Darnold. The Jets are on the road at Soldier Field, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, any shot the Jets find a way to uh, to win this game i think at the very least they'll be competitive but i think having khalil mack run after you all day if you're sam darnold can cause potential problems well he's uh, questionable right if he plays he'll, he'll definitely be ready to go yeah, he'll play. everyone uh, comes back with the so. jets what's yeah. your uh, i'm not exactly. sure when the jets have the bye is it week 11 it's, it's not this week I, it's i know it's right before the patriots so, yeah, I think week 11 or week 10. I think it is week 11 uh, I, yeah. uh, if, to confirm. I think we confirm week 11. Um, the November 18th, I want so, to say. Yeah, Kyle, we have yeah. you here on the line. What are your thoughts on this game, and do the Jets have a way of winning? I'll be honest. I think every game besides the Patriots games are winnable for the Jets. But mm-hmm. this game this week is just so difficult. With this Bears team, I got beat by the Patriots. They're at home. Khalil Mack getting fully better. 
even though it's going to be a rainy day, which will be a slippery, which won't the field won't be as fast. This this Bears defense is just too good, and this Jets offense is too wounded for them to really do anything. I would love to say they would win, but you know, if I'm thinking smart here, they're, they're, I don't think they're going to win this weekend. You yeah, think? in complete yeah, agreement with you, Kyle. Absolutely, without a doubt. And when you talk about the rest of the season, you know, we could really see the Jets potentially go on a run because there's a lot of 50-50 games. Exactly. Somewhat, like maybe some when you look at some of these games, somewhat maybe even in in uh and more towards the Jets' favor because you look, you still got to play the Bills twice. Mm-hmm. Then you got the mm-hmm. Titans. You got the Texans, who even though yeah, they've come together Miami as a defense right now and look okay. They still give up a lot of rushing yards and a lot of receiving yards. Same thing with the uh, with the Packers defense. Um, and you got Miami, like you were trying to say, Kyle. Yeah, I want Miami next week. I want Dawes' thoughts here in just a moment, but before that, I will say, um, Kyle, I know you were talking about the Jets' wide receivers uh, early before the season started, but obviously Anderson has been really hit or missed. He's kind of been like a boomer bust receiver. Obviously, I think he's there. Um, Clear number one, and then you have Quincy and Nunwa in the slot. But talk yeah. about them releasing Terrell Pryor and what that does um, to the Jets, because there's been rumors that they might re-sign him at some point. I could be when wrong. he gets healthy. When he gets healthy with his groin injury. Okay. Yeah. They signed Rashard Matthews though early this week. Yeah. He's a pretty yeah. good receiver. Rashard. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, but not the last couple of years. He's been average the last couple of years, but he has been a big time receiver. In previous know, years, like, yeah. I think the Jets are just. This season will be a miracle to get to the playoffs. I think next season is their big year because when they because they have a lot of money on the cap, so it is what it is this season. But you know, oh, obviously we'd love to see them make the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna, good enough to make it. Right? Yeah. You uh, say above five hundred? Uh no, I say they go seven and nine, six and ten for sure. I'll I don't take think that they're good enough. Sure. Okay. Uh, Dawes, let's get your uh, pick here on this game. Um, I think it'll be a. I think the Jets will play like better than they did with the Vikings, so they'll stay in it longer. But I do think the Bears are going to win. But I mean, it's th- th- they could pull this out. I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't know how Sam Darnold's going to play. I don't know how the offensive line is going to block. But I would assume it'd be not well versus that Bears front. Mm-hmm. So I would say like in a nice high-scoring game, Bears twenty-eight, Jets twenty-four, or something like that. I hope it's that close. Yeah, me too. I want something to watch, you know. Okay. Uh, James and Kyle, your picks for this. Uh, Kyle Russo, that is your picks for the Jets game here. All right, and this has nothing to do with me be, being a Giants fan. I'm gonna take, go. I'm No, I'm going to take the Bears seriously 30-10. And it's just because of the fact that 30 when, to 10? when you look at the when you look at the Jets offensively, they already lacked in receiving cores. When you got your main receivers out and you just cut a receiver and your starting running back is hurt the way he is, I mean, that's a lot for you to attack a Bears defense like this. I'm going to be completely honest, and again, the, this is not me being a Giants fan. Oh. I had the exact same score in my head. but Especially when your quarterback 10, throws a lot of picks, too. I'm going to be a little nicer, and yeah. I'm going to say 30-13. to 13. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, you're just right. so Giants. Wow. He said a little nicer. Wow. He did. I do think the Jets so have had a decent season. They yeah, have, without a doubt. They, yeah. have, they have been overachieving in terms of what people expected. Yep. But I think this is good for the franchise in the long term. And I think the Jets will definitely win some games a little later on in the year after the bye. Uh, James, go I'm ahead. I'm going with 28-17. Bears. Right, thank you. Yeah. I like that score. I, I think uh, the, the Bears defense will do, you know, damage. But I think the Jets will get on, like, a certain roll that they'll be able to score points. But, unfortunately, just fall short. Uh, Kyle Earhart, before we let you go here, um, we talked about the Jets. So everybody here picked the Bears, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, Sadly. 
Earhart, what are your, what is your thoughts on the Giants? I gotta know. I, I want your two Yikes. cents on these Giants. And if you want to hang up the phone, you can. I all understand. <laughs> so, like, oh no, I don't, don't want to hang up the phone. He's coming to hot. <laughs> hot take. Uh, listen, it's not a hot take. I I still stick to my guns and think it was a mistake for the Giants to draft Saquon Barkley and not a quarterback. Because now you're seeing it with all the Giants fans starting to turn on Eli Manning. And I know, I know it's the offensive line, too. It's, it's a mixture of – it's everyone. It's receivers. It's the offensive line. It's the quarterback. It's everyone. And whole offense is a shamble besides Saquon Barkley. But I think they set their franchise back a couple of years now because now they have to rebuild. And as you're seeing as trading snacks, trading Eli Apple, the Giants are starting to rebuild now, kind of what the Jets did. So, so Facebook gonna... Live, Kyle Earhart is saying that the Giants are setting themselves back by taking Barkley instead of a guy like Darnold uh, in or, the draft. Or, or just any quarterback. Or just any quarterback. see a rebuild. Okay. Um, yeah. I completely understand Kyle's viewpoint, and he may very well be right. I will still yeah. disagree, only because it's so hard to pass up on Barkley. Um, it, and I completely understand why the argument still stands that the Giants should take a quarterback. Yeah. But, look, I'm not going to turn on Eli. I'm going to stick to my guns and say that, you know, Eli will not be the quarterback long-term here in New York, but I respect this guy. I mean, he, he is my favorite athlete of all time, and there's no secret to that. Everybody here in the studio knows that. Correct. So yeah. it's, it's just one of those situations where, all right, Eli has two years left. They owe him all this money. They drafted Laletta, who is still an un, he's still an unknown. Do you think Laletta may emerge late in the season and maybe earn this role next year with Eli as the backup, since he does have one year left on his contract? I think if I think the Giants should do that, will they do that? That remains to be know. seen. But the Giant, you know, you know, the Giants have so much respect for. Eli Manning, yeah. and all what he's done with the franchise, winning the two Super Bowls, yeah. and you know, and I feel like I know last year we had the same discussion too with Giants fans. Oh, should Eli start? Should we yeah. discredit him, take him off the bench, uh, put him on the bench? In my opinion, once the Giants are one and nine, already have nine losses, eight losses. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> at, at that point. They no, Kyle, start Kyle, I, I completely yeah. agree with you. I said a couple weeks back, I said once we hit that bye week, I mean, I didn't think that we were going to beat Atlanta. We didn't. And honestly, especially with now trading snacks away and Eli Apple, I really see no hope in this Redskins game. I think as soon as the bye week after we come back, we can see a new quarterback behind that offensive line for the New York Giants, really. yeah. And and it's only a matter of time before Odell turns to the locker room, too, because he's the worst. Oh, come on, man. I couldn't agree more. Come on, you, I, I was yeah. rooting for you. Everything was said humbly, respectfully. And Kyle Earhart is right 1,000,000% right. On that yep. note, yep. Kyle Earhart, thank you very on much for calling note. in, and we hope to have you back again next week. Thank you very yes. much. Thank you, guys. Have a good night, guys. Take you care, buddy. Bye. I love you. <laughs> on that note, we got to end it on a good note. That, that was a bad note. That was Kyle Earhart from Huntington, New York. James, you have a comment? Beautiful job, Kyle Earhart. Yeah. I, I, I loved uh, Kyle has been a fill-in on the show. We hope yes, to have yes. him back on the show soon yeah. at some point. Um, but that's our thoughts on the Jets. Before we go to break here, we are going to review and preview some of the big games. We'll go over our picks from last week. So the lock, Kyle Russo had the Los Angeles Rams winning. He was correct. He had the Bears and the upset over New England. You go one for one. Chris had the Atlanta Falcons winning in his lock. He was correct. 
And Klimazewski had the Bengals in his upset. He was wrong because they lost to the Chief, the Chiefs. Mike, you had Detroit in your lock. That's my lock, of course. You were correct. You had the Browns in your upset. That didn't work. Yeah, it did not work. <laughs> Almost I did. had the Vikings in my lock. I had the Saints in my upset over Ooh. Baltimore. I was correct. Nice. Was that an upset? It, it was. was not an upset. It, was it was on the line. It and was on the line? I no. will bring this up. Drew Brees has conquered the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Drew Brees, I'm pretty teams. sure, is the only quarterback in NFL history all 32 to games. beat every other team in the NFL. Not every other. He even beat his own team when he was with the Chargers. Yes, too. that is correct. Hats off to him. Yep. Drew Brees right now. I mean, not even Tom Brady has beaten every team in the NFL yeah, in, the, in the regular season. Yeah, correct. He can't because yeah. he... He'll never play against the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, he can't even beat the Giants. Yeah. Ooh. So. Well, he, he's done that a couple in times. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. In the regular yeah. season, he's done James, twice. we got to get there. there first, look, so. obviously, right, well. uh, we, the London game, the Chargers and the Titans, Vrabel going for two, I think that was a worse decision than Shermer's because uh, if the Titans kick the extra point, they're going to overtime, they're winning the game because they have all the momentum. You had an offense that only scored 13 points up to that point. I don't think – look, there is a big stereotype. If you're on the road, go for two to win the game. If you're at home, kick the extra point to tie. Correct. But when you're in London, you have all that momentum. Kick the extra point, bring it to overtime because the Chargers were ice cold. Yeah. They were yeah. ice cold. They, they were without Melvin scoring. Gordon, so they had no run they game had, either. Right. Yeah. Um, that's tough. New England finally gets their first – Road win of the season to improve to five and two, beating the Bears. Uh, the Colts, great game. the the Colts swamper the Bills thirty seven to five, two hundred twenty rushing yards. That's the most by Indy since two thousand seven. Um, the Lions beat the Dolphins. on Johnson has been phenomenal for them. Vikings four two and one. I like that record four two and one. That number just stands out to me. Uh, the Panthers score twenty one unanswered points in the fourth quarter the Eagles blew a 17-0 lead in the fourth quarter against Carolina at home to drop to three and four and I'm going to be completely honest with you if the Giants beat Washington this weekend come on man they're Uh-oh. only come on two, hold on hear me out I they're only listening. two wins I know behind in the win column I know yep. as crazy as that sounds. that sounds crazy and there's winnable games in the second half of the season I know there are. But we won't win them. Okay. Uh, the 59-yard field goal in overtime by Chandler Catanzaro lifts the Bucks over the Browns. The Saints uh, defeat the Baltimore Ravens by one point. Guys, Justin Tucker missed his first career extra point. He was a perfect 222 for 222. This, These things happen. Yeah. Justin Tucker is the best kicker in football, yeah. I think. Better mm-hmm. than Guskowski even. There's Agreed. no, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Obviously, Tucker is going to be kicking himself more than anybody. I don't, I don't think anybody's Points. kicking Justin Tucker because mm-hmm. it happens. They know how good he is. It's a shame. Yeah. It's He's a shame too valuable it to happen at home. It stinks, but the Saints win 24-23. The Redskins beat the Cowboys 2017. Their first place in the East. The Rams mm-hmm. destroy the 49ers. That was an interesting goal. Seven and zero for the first time since 1985, and the Chiefs destroy Cincinnati, 45 to 10. Kareem Hunt, three scrimmage touchdowns. Uh, 
Seahawks, Steelers, Raiders, and Packers were on a bye. Yes, they were. On that note, we're going to go over quickly the big games this week because after we do this, we're going to take our final break of the evening, and then we will talk some basketball. So um, the big team this season in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs, and the biggest MVP candidate right now is Pat Mahomes, first-year starter, sitting behind the bench. Uh, sitting on the bench behind Alex Smith last season was the best thing that could have happened to Pat Mahomes because he learned from one of the best, not necessarily in the stat category, but leadership-wise. Smith never loses. And early on in Smith's career, he struggled in San Francisco, and he made a lot of bad plays. Yeah. But since coming to Kansas City, Smith has been near flawless in that offense, yeah. and that yeah. fit him perfectly. But Pat Mahomes has the most touchdown passes by any player in his first eight games with 22 touchdown passes. Bravo to Pat Mahomes. Um I think he's been great. Yeah. Uh, he's no having doubt. a very bright future ahead of him. Another team in the AFC that has surprised a lot of people after starting 0-3. The Texans were all of a sudden 5-3, and but it's going to get a little tougher because Will Fuller tore his ACL. Just mm-hmm. announced today he will be on season-ending IR. That stinks. But, yeah. look, New, New England is 5-2. and two. The Texans are 5-3 and three in first place all of a sudden. The Kansas City Chiefs, I'm not saying this is lead. To their what is it six and one start? Yes. The Chiefs have won all seven to- coin tosses this season. My statistics professor up at Sacred Heart will love this. The probability of that happen is zero point seven eight percent. Love it. That's less than one percent. Sucked. Was that a fun fact? That was fun because I love numbers, so I had a really good time. Big I was fan. not good with probability oh, back well. in high school. Sounds like a personal problem. Man, <laughs> it was a personal problem. It affected my grades, Tom. It affected my grades. I apologize. No problem. Uh, Bad memories. You are here. I am so here. that class did not affect you that much. There you go. <laughs> um, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So preview this games. We talked about the Giants and the Jets already. We all pretty much are on board with the Redskins beating the Giants. Yeah. And we are all on board. No, James is shaking his head. No, no, no. no I'm playing. I'm okay. playing. I'm playing. Uh, and the uh, the Bears beating the Jets. So big games this this week. Eagles and the Jaguars, both teams are 3-4 and four after making deep playoff runs last season. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. Jacksonville made the AFC Championship game. What is going on in Jacksonville? Blake Bortles is finally coming to fruition. Yes. And, really and all Jacksonville fans were behind Blake Bortles, and now all of a sudden it's, you know, uh, Blake Bortles, you know? <laughs> like, it, it's just one of those that things. Was, that was before you guys paid him. $18 million for the next three years. Yeah, you're saying you guys like me. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in regards to the fans of which you just quoted. Why? But is it because I have a house near Jacksonville? Ooh. No. Tom, you got to invite me, man. I mean, send, a, send an invite. Thanks you were in Florida for a month. Thanks me that. I would have came up. All right. No, but anyway, it's back to it's, it's Blake Bortles. And I get it that Leonard Fournette is out, but you have one of the best O-line in the game. Your defense is flawless. What's the problem? Defense has been terrible. The defense awful. has been terrible because they're, ga- they're gassed. They're gassed, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. Where's, I mean, to lose a game to the Titans, 9-6, to six, I mean, where's the excuse oh, in well, that? Well, the, the past two weeks have been terrible. That's what I'm talking okay. about, defense. Yeah. Because when you give 40 points to the Cowboys, that's that's unexcusable. That's a problem. But yeah, yeah. It's that a big bad. problem. Tough, 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 tough. That's um, a tough one, Okay, yeah. so um, we will get to the next game. We also have the Ravens and the Panthers, Cam Newton versus the Ravens' number one mm-hmm. defense in the NFL. It's an interesting game. So yeah, if you game. have the Ravens defense on your fantasy team, they might be a good defense to start this week. Let me see if uh, they're available. They're not available. <laughs> James. I'm talking about the Yahoo League. Seahawks and the Lions, two, three, and three teams. The Broncos at Kansas City. 
Um, this is a rematch of the Chiefs' thrilling Week 4 comeback win. I hate when teams play divisional games against the same team this early in the season. You know, it kind of, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the Browns against the Steelers. This is actually one game to go over because the Browns are 2-17 and 17 at Heinz Field since returning to Cleveland in 1999. Fun fact. I have a fun fact about the Browns. Ooh. Their past five coaches have gotten fired. <laughs> Each five of them were fired after the uh, Steeler game. So, so not, wow. not saying Hugh Jackson's going to get fired. So somebody having a pink slip. Well, this in is his the desk? second Steeler game of the, of the season. So James yeah, loves his pink slip thing, but you know that, that's that's far. more for the Giants. No, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. No, I, I got that. You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I understand them very clearly, Tom. Um, okay, then you got the Packers and the Rams, the first Cal Berkeley quarterback matchup since 1983. That's Aaron Rodgers against Jared Goff. Fun. I'll be too fact. I love it. It's like love it's going that, back and right? forth. Cal- fun facts. Dawes, you, you better shoot one back at him, right? I, I'm, that was all I got. <laughs> and then the Texans beat the Dolphins last night. Yeah. Yeah. I had the Watson, other. five touchdown passes that tied his career high. Deshaun Watson had just four incompletions. Thoughts on this game? Very well-played game for the Texans. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really to expect out of Miami. They lose a big part of their offensive line in uh, Josh Sitton. They really have no receivers. Their main receiver is probably on the trade block and Devontae Parker, especially after he performed last night. And the Texans, this is the Sean Watson that we saw in the first five games of the season, last season, the ability that he has. And I, listen, again, Miami's not a good team. They don't have a defense. And their quarterback was Brock Osweiler. But at the end of the day, he put up 43 points on the board. And the only bright spot about this game for Miami was the 28-yard touchdown pass by Danny Amendola. Yep. Yeah. I will say one thing, though. Brock Osweiler, this dates back to Peyton Manning and the Eli situation. You can still win with a quarterback who's aging if you put pieces around them. And that, 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 that is why I think there are other problems on this team. And Miami can do the same thing that Denver did, and the Giants can do the same thing that Denver did to win a Super Bowl if they do it the right way. But obviously nobody wants to uh, follow Peyton Manning and the Broncos of 2013. Um, so, well, Lamar Miller had a lot of yards on the ground in this game. Houston, well, I had to throw that in there to give another laugh out of Kyle Russo because he, he's you, cracking you, up right I'll tell now. You the um, Lamar Miller, oh, over 130 rushing yards. Will Fuller tears his ACL, had a phenomenal game over a buck 20 yards. Jordan Thomas had two touchdowns along with Hopkins. Game was phenomenal. J.J. Watt, <laughs> Justin Reed, Beandrick McKinney, Natrell Jamerson, Kareem Jackson. This defense is stacked. Brandon Dunn, Zach Cunningham, you name it, Clowney. Love it. Whitney Merciless. They, they are a phenomenal team. So it is that time. It is time to pick our one lock and one upset. So how this works, uh, Zach, since you're here in the studio with us, basically um, we're going to pick each game, a lock and an upset, kind of like how we reviewed here earlier. you got to pick the lines. And if one game is picked, you can't pick it. Mm-hmm. So right. basically, by we're going to do a luck of the draw now, and I rolled the dice earlier today. And James, you're going to go first. <laughs> All right, Mike, what team you want? I'll pick it for you. No, no. Okay. All right, um, for my lock, I am going to go with. Remember to watch those lines. Are, are we picking point spread? No, we're not picking uh-huh. point spread. Uh, Kansas City. All right. Over the Broncos. Yep. And then my upset, I think the Rams will get its first L this week Ooh. Ooh. against the Packers. Hold on. 
So Green Green Bay in your upset yep. over the Rams. And yes. who is your lock? Kansas City over Denver. Kansas City over Denver does. I hope he didn't steal anything from you because you're nope. next. Uh, my upset will be, it's going to sound crazy, but it will be the Oakland that. Raiders at okay. home hosting the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think they'll win outright, but the plus three, you know, smash that. And my lock will be the Rams over the Packers just because there's three huge point spreads. One was already taken, and I took one of them, so there's only one left. As the host of the show, I go last, Kyle Russo. Oh, so humble. Hmm. <laughs> All right. For my lock this week. Do it. My lock this week. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns against Pittsburgh. That is my lock. Hmm. Eight-point spread. I like it. And you know what? I'll even give you a little deeper. They're going to go to OT, and they're going to win this one this time. Unlikely. All right. <laughs> and then my upset. My well, you upset. took the Browns. You're upset, James, right? Or no? No, I so took, uh, took Green Bay. Green okay. Bay. Kyle, keep going. And then for my lock. No, my upset. Mess that up. My upset's going to be New Orleans over Minnesota. New Orleans over Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's gonna be, yeah. My lock is New England over Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. nobody yeah. can argue yeah. with I mean, that. Yeah. 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 13 and a half point favorites. I mean, Brady needs to get injured to, <laughs> to somehow... Yeah, you know. Um. Oh man, that was... James. Everybody needs to get injured. But... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Do we know who's favored in the Philly Jacksonville game? Jacksonville. Jacksonville is favored. Wait, wait, no, no, Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. That was my bad. I'm going Jacksonville as my upset. All right, there you go. Because they're at home. They're at London. They're at London. They are. I love the. They're the home game. team. Okay. But you're in London. Well, you're in London. Well, London they are labeled kind of a home as the home advantage team. for them. That's um, on right. that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to spend the last 15 minutes of the show on NBA basketball. You're listening to Review and Preview here on mywcwp.org. Now back to Review and Preview on wcwpsports.org. Good evening and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, and Kyle Russo. It's our last segment of the evening. We're going to go some NBA basketball here, and uh, let's get to it. Um, obviously, last week we talked about the Knicks and the Nets. This week we're going to make our conference final picks and our NBA final picks. Um, but I do have some stuff here for you guys that is not on the script to surprise you a little bit. Some of this stuff you may already know. Some of this stuff uh, you may not. Obviously, with the Knicks, uh, they declined to sign Porzingis to his rookie extension. This is a good thing for the Knicks because it will give them an extra $10 million in cap space for the summer of 2019. Uh, I think this is a good move. I don't know. You're giving me a death stare, so you probably d- disagree. I think it, I don't think it was a matter of the Knicks couldn't get something done. I think that Porzingis was asking asking for someone near for, the max. Yeah, for too I mean, much. So obviously he's hurt. You don't know his health. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. make sense for the Knicks to do that. No, so. it wouldn't. But would at the end of the day, I mean, to save ten million dollars, I mean that's I mean for a player yeah. of Chris yeah. Stats Porzingis's caliber, I mean that that doesn't really mean much. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, some other stuff to bring up: LeBron, obviously, uh, for the Lakers. This is the third time LeBron James has started 0-3. Uh, obviously, the Lakers have won their last two games, so they are now 2-3. and three. LeBron James had his 74th career triple-double last night, but LeBron did start 0-3. There were two other times that he started 0-3. Those were his first two seasons in Cleveland. 
So there you have it. Also, the last two Laker teams to start 0-3 didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So, fun fact. Also, uh, last night, the Boston Celtics defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder, who dropped to 0-4. They had a 16-1 run in the final four minutes. The Celtics ride a 67-point second half. And this is the first time the Thunder have dropped to 0-4 since the 07-08 season. Um, Definitely some stuff to uh, keep in mind. And then Portland beat Orlando last night. Portland has looked good, guys. Uh, 128-14 to 14 over the Magic. Lillard dropped 41, man. This Portland team got better. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were talking about them making potential shaky moves with their bench uh, in free agency, but it, they turned out to pay off. Stauskas has been better than Connaughton so far, as much as that pains me to say. Seth Curry is a tremendous upgrade over Shabazz Napier. And then Ed Davis is in Brooklyn with Napier. But, uh... Look, I like, I like what they're doing right now with Zach Collins off the bench. Mo Harkless is healthy now. Al Farouk Aminu. And then, you know, you have um, the new additions like Stauskas and Curry. I think that's great. Um, look, you ob- obviously wish Shabazz Napier and Ed Davis the best in Brooklyn. But um, th- this is a good move for Portland overall. And uh, shout out to WCWP's very own Travis Demers on getting the radio play-by-play announcing gig in Portland, Rich City Radio, who started his broadcasting career right here in this very studio. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's take a look at some of the live games right now. You have the Knicks and the Warriors, who are actually tied at halftime, 53-53. Guys, the Knicks did not look good against Miami the other night. I'm looking. There was like four to five minutes left in the first quarter. The Knicks had five points. Yes, but that was misleading because they (laughs) ended the first quarter with the lead and because they ended up with a 14-0 run. The end of, I, I bet on the Knicks. Obviously, that's why I know all this stuff. And they were down two at half, and I turned the game back on five minutes later. They're down They're down 27. Mm-hmm. And I died a little inside. <laughs> because there's, there's no uh, As a Kings fan. I, I know. I bet on the Knicks like a clown, and it showed. Yeah, well, there you go. Come on, man. Are you all right now? Yeah, I suck. Are poor, you okay, though? Poor Sacramento guy over here. Um, all right, so... Uh, <laughs> Frank Nidalekina, big news, getting his first career start at point guard tonight. Trey Burke moves to the bench, trying to shake some things up. Obviously, Ron Baker took that elbow by Noah Vonley. Two hard-nosed players, that collision. Ron Baker always seems to get the short end of the stick with those. He always gets hurt uh, for his hustle and his stat points, and he's won over Dave Fisdale. I don't know if he's healthy tonight to play, but I think he's going to get the night off. Um, So Baker is out tonight. Yeah. Mario Hazonia has been a great addition um, in free agency. Yeah, surprisingly, he's been a, a big scorer for them, too. I think, yeah. I mean, he really wasn't that as a uh, member of the Orlando Magic, but he's he's coming and he shot pretty well. Tonight against the Warriors is a fun fact. You know how the Warriors, their downside is a little bit defensively. Their, uh, you know, their backcourt is not very good defending the long-range shots. Frank Nidalekina has made three threes in this game. Nice. Mm-hmm. He's three for five from deep. He has 13 points. I'm not kidding you. I'm, I'm looking right at it. He's the leading scorer. Wow. No, he's not. Tim Hardaway is. Uh, you might points. want to recheck that because Nidalekina has 15. Oh, he, he might have just got that then. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? Good for the Knicks. I mean, Frank <laughs> Nidalekina was a guy who, I mean, if you really, if you put a, a shot and scoring into him, he could really be a solid point guard in this league for a long time because yep. his defense is there. His aggression is there when it comes to defending. Yeah. And, and he also, he could rebound the ball too. He's very aggressive underneath the hoop. He just needs to figure out a shot. Once mm-hmm. he does that, and I think it might happen with the addition of David Fisdale as his coach now, 
Yeah. I think it might progress a little bit faster than Nick fans uh, had thought it might have been. So, obviously, a lot of people thought drafting middle Aquino was a big mistake last year. I still think it is. But, uh, obviously, you can't change what's been done. Um, so, the other game, Brooklyn ahead on the Pelicans right now in New Orleans, 49-45. Uh, Dinwiddie and Crabb have been lighting it up off the bench. Uh, Joe Harris has been very consistent this year. I still think they got to get rid of Jared Dudley in that starting lineup, man. He's yeah, got to come off the bench. It? I don't know. Is Fareed just not ready or something? Or like, it's, I don't it's know what the deal that, is. Is Jared Dudley really a better option than Fareed at this point? No. no. That's what I'm saying. We took predictions on the Nets and the Knicks last week and how many games that they win. If uh, you're not mistaken, Chris Klim, a new self-proclaimed Nets fan, picked Brooklyn to win like 25 games, which made zero sense. Zero Mike, sense. your thoughts on that? I mean, he never makes any sense. So my no, stun, he no. doesn't. <laughs> Didn't even bat an eye when he said that. I was like, whatever. Um, the other game we're going to look at before we get to our predictions, Milwaukee and Minnesota. Milwaukee is beating the Timberwolves 50-31 to on the nice. road. You know what? It just only proves what Jimmy Butler really stated, is that he's really the only one that... I mean, if you look at the past games, Jimmy Butler's been the leading scorer, and he's been the leading hustler. Okay, but tonight Jimmy Butler has four points and is shooting two for nine from the field. Well, that's tonight. But if you're talking about hustle, man, if you're talking about hustle, I mean, I I see what he's talking about. Oh, go stare at a wall. <laughs> Tom, when it comes to Jimmy, not literally, when it comes, you know what I mean, when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns, you really see that the guy is just his shooting has not been good, his defense has not been good. I mean, he's got blown up on the uh, on defensive plays against other centers throughout this league. I mean, and it's just not been good. And when you look at Jimmy Butler in previous games, I know you just said he has four points right now on a two for nine shooting. When you look at other games, uh, Jimmy Butler has been the leading scorer for this team, and really the only reason why he's been able to keep him in games. I mean, because he's really been and, and truly confirming his statement on the fact that he's the only one that really hustles, has a lot of heart, and he's not lying. So to confirm what you said, Tom, I don't necessarily agree with the backlash that I got on my Carl Anthony Towns statement and saying that Jimmy Butler is really carrying the team, but he, he really is truly carrying this team as a whole. All right. You really uh, like the wall, don't th- you? Thank you very much for that insight. Um, all right. Well, look. Yeah, I, I think Milwaukee is part of the reason why they're not playing well tonight either. Ilyasova, 11 points off the bench. He's been great. Uh, any late games tonight? I, I, there's got there's got to be a couple because it's a Friday night. I think it's just the Wizards in Sacramento tonight. Yep, in, 10 o'clock. Uh, Sacramento. Mike, before we get to our picks, your take on the Kings. Um, well, George I mean, Hill, Zach know. Randolph, some old guys, you know, trash cans. George yeah, Hill's well, not there. Yeah, George Hill's not there anymore. But Oh, that's right. Fox. I mean, they... They stink. They can't defend anybody, but they score a lot. So that's, <laughs> there you go. that's why the over is at 236 and a half. Well, look, when you're going against John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Dwight Howard, yeah, I mean, it should be on. like one, that's their new big three. Yeah. That, that's, you know, they, they got a bunch of Everyone's under 25 in that team. So, so I like Marvin Bagley a lot. Guy, yeah, too. no, I, like I think he's a, good, he's a good pick for them. Bagley, Fox, Buddy Heald, you know, a lot yes, of guys. That, Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein has been good. But the, undefeat, the undefeated teams left in the NBA, in the East, you have Toronto at 5-0. and uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously an upgrade over DeMar DeRozan. Obviously, DeRozan leaving Toronto stinks, but the chemistry there has seemed to fit in well pretty quick with the new head coach and what's been going on. Milwaukee is 4-0. They, I, I kept saying look out for them, and they've been living up to that so far. Detroit, 4-0 as well. Um, then you got Cleveland at 0-5. Yeah, yeah it's not going to be good for them. Love man. it. And the only undefeated left in the West is the New Orleans Pelicans. Hmm. The only winless teams are the Thunder and the Cavs. 
Look at that, two of the top teams you in got, the previous years. You got the Knicks one and four. Kings so. got two wins. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, how does that happen? They score a lot. I On guess. that note, we're gonna make our uh, predictions for the conference finals, for the NBA, and the NBA finals. So I'll go first since I've been going last for a majority of the time. Of course you, you it's deserve only it. fair. Yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna be uh, a little boring here. Uh, the Warriors over the Celtics in the finals. I mean, it's pretty much written on pen and paper, to be completely honest. I mean, there, there, there's. I, I hate it. I really do. If those two teams get in the finals, I will root for Boston. Yeah. I would like to prove myself wrong. I just don't think it's going to be enough. This team is going to be good for a very long time until one of those big three leave. It's yeah. hard to beat them. Yeah. It really is. Well, now it's like a big five with Boogie coming back too. Don't, yeah. don't, don't Boogie and man. Don't even start. My bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding you. What Western Conference Finals? Um, obviously, in the East, I'm gonna go with um, the popular choice. Seems to be Boston over Philly, but but I think it's gonna be Boston over Toronto. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Milwaukee because you were hyping up Milwaukee no, a lot. No. I don't think Milwaukee is there yet. No, they're not. They'll make the second Milwaukee round this pieces. year, I think. But um, I'm going to go that. And then in the West, you know, it's crazy because a lot of people are thinking Houston's going to get back. Right now they're not doing too hot. Uh, they're sitting there one and three. So I'm going to surprise a lot of people here in the studio right now, and I'm going to go Golden State over Portland. I like it. Portland's good. they got a good backcourt. They're a good team, but definitely. Um, I guess I'll go next, so. Uh, did you do your East yet? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. You did Toronto. Okay. In my finals, I'll obviously have Golden State winning. I mean, how do you not take Golden State winning? That'd be crazy. I'll take them over. I'll, I, I will go Raptors win the East, finally. It's going to happen. How about that? And in the Western Conference Finals, I'll take Golden State over. I won't pick Houston because I think Carmelo Anthony is one of the worst players in the league, and he does not help their team at all. He is terrible. Terrible, yeah. I said. Yeah. So I will choose Golden State over. Oh, jeez. Golden State over New Orleans, and then Ugh. Raptors over Celtics. I like it. It's different. I like yeah, it. I can't pick the Rockets. I can't stand Carmelo. He's terrible. So that that would be I'll my support that pick. That's a good Thank pick. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Man. Kyle Rousseau. All right. Obviously, with Dawes said, how are you gonna pick? How are you gonna pick yeah, the Warriors I mean, over any somebody over the Warriors? It's just not gonna happen. I also agree with Dawes on the fact that I think that Toronto might be able to pull it out. And, uh, and and as of right now, I know we're only a couple games into the season, but Kawhi Leonard, it, it, he hasn't missed a step. If anything, he looks better than he did, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And then in my Eastern Conference Finals, I'm going to go Toronto versus Boston. Again, kind of boring. Toronto over Boston? Toronto mm-hmm. over Boston. Nice. And in my Western Conference, I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors over the LeBron Lakers. Ooh, I would love to see LeBron go on a run. Love it. It'll happen, man. When he Let's when hope. it comes to the playoffs, man, he just shows up. He does. He's All carried team before. James. Uh, the East, I'm going with Boston over the Raptors. No Philly love today. No. Philly love don't it. have a point guard. Um, both, yeah, I Simmons, mean, not point guard, but yeah, Simmons and Embiid are both hurt right now. Too. Okay. Western, I'm going with the Warriors. Good pick. Um, and then pot the Lakers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not very good at basketball, everybody, so, you know. <laughs> pot no problem. Portland. Go ahead. Portland. 
Would you say? Never mind. So okay. your NBA, you took the Warriors over the Lakers, yep. Celtics over Raptors. What's your NBA Finals pick? Boston. Over Boston. Like it. Warriors. All right. There you go. Someone's got to do it. You know. Being <laughs> different. We'll, we'll we'll get Clems in a couple weeks because he won't be. He probably won't. We'll, we'll see if he'll be here next week or not. But on that note, that's going to do it for our show tonight. On behalf of James Montefusco, Mike Dawes, Kyle Russo, I'm Tom Scavetta. Thank you very much for listening, watching, review, and preview. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on MyWCWP.org, here on WCWP Sports.